Welcome to Talking Jets. My name's Ryan and I'll be your pilot tonight. I am joined alongside my wonderful co-pilot, Mr. Greenbean. How are you doing tonight? Well, I didn't know. I was quick. I was ready for the whole thing and I was eating. So hello. <laughs> so Ryan, I funny got, story. I got, well, look, I got cac cact fingers. I, I, I reached and I got a, I touched a cactus. I, I'm not <laughs> I know what to do. I can't touch anything. I can't find them, but I, they're, I'm miserable, Ryan. What do I do? Dude, that is the worst. I remember as a kid yeah. touching this fuzzy looking plant and just like, ah, <laughs> just screaming. <laughs> not good. Not good. Um, yeah. Fun Isn't fact, it? there was supposed to be an intro there, but um, I'm screwing around with some of my stuff and I took my hard drive out that is normally on there. So it didn't, uh, didn't have it. It was like, oh, file not found. I was like, I'm just going to go straight to the twosome. <laughs> Yeah, it's us. funny because like, like, well, this is the show. Like, I'm, I'm uber comfortable here. Like, I know how things are gonna go. Mm -hmm. I know how long I have and everything. And it was like all of a sudden I see my face and I got a mouthful of Cool Ranch Doritos and I was like, <laughs> oh no, I'm Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, boys and girls, if you're just heading in here, make sure you hit that like button. Uh, we have no Matt today. He's got some work he's got to take care of. So it'll be Green Bean and I for the duration of the show. So sorry for those of you that wanted to uh, see Matt. Uh, for every 25 likes, ooh, you know what? Let's do this. I still want you guys to hit the like button, but I want to push a little bit of traction to the panel via Twitter. So anyone who retweets the stream will be entered into our t-shirt giveaway tonight. Um, so just think about it. It's not like we're picking random people. It's only the people that, re that retweet tonight. Look at that. Well, all right. Do that? I have to manage this? I don't know what to do now. Where is it? That's right. I should be able to find it. That's that one's not as hard as some of the other stuff. Okay. <laughs> Hopefully people <laughs> do it. If not, then you know someone's gonna win a shirt. Oh, I see you guys found hey. some of your well, I think I only put one new emoji in there. I put the sauce bottle. Oh wait. Oh yeah. No, I didn't. Me... No, nice. I think Where I put more than that? that. I'll see it if it's in there. Let's see. Ah <laughs> they found it. <laughs> For those of you that are members, look at the uh, look at the uh, the new emojis you guys got in there. <laughs> They're gonna be pretty fun. Milk. Oh yeah, and a little sauce. That's awesome. Bottle. See? Yeah, yeah, I like that. Look, yeah, I like this. Go. I gotta get like, I don't know how many members I need to hit like twenty six letters, but I'm gonna do the entire damn alphabet if I can at some point, and it's just a lot of fun to see what winds up popping up uh, in the chat. Uh, Fat Gandalf says a friend of my son was at camp had a number two jersey with milf hunter nameplate elijah and Corey signed it that's amazing we saw i saw a few of those there was milfson uh i saw milf hunter it's really good oh, fun wow. fact if you have a fantasy football team and you're trying to use i think it's espn uh your abbreviation cannot be milf it also can't be milf with an exclamation point instead of an I. It also can't be MILF with an exclamation point instead of an I and an uppercase I to give the illusion of an L. They don't like that either. Oh. Um, so my abbreviation is MOMS. <laughs> instead, my team name is Zach Wilson's MOMS Friend. That's the, uh, I'm rolling with that one. Yeah, but, okay. Uh, Zach Wilson's uh, MOMS Friend. <laughs> so yeah, they're on it. They're paying they're, attention they're out there. They're, yeah, they're looking out there. Remember back in the day. Teacher says, yo. What's up? 
No, I'm just saying, remember, like the long gone are the uh, the Baba Booey phone calls like people are hip now, man. You know what I mean? They know oh, what yeah. we're doing out here. Yeah, they understand. It's fun. Um, oh, man, I had some topics all planned up. Ooh, Johnny Bravo. All right, I still got to figure out how to get this onto the screen. But Johnny Bravo says, how happy are we that the Dolphins are losing a first round pick? So Green Bean, I don't know if you know this. Oh, you, you clearly know. know it. Yeah, I know so this one. The Dolphins <laughs> are a horrible franchise and their owner is a scumbag douche. Uh, basically, they tried to get Brian Flores to intentionally lose games, uh-huh. uh, which is horrible because apparently... Uh, I'm getting a little bit of feedback. You know why it's horrible, Ryan? Why? Because Adam Gase didn't do it for us. That's why it's so horrible. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah right so apparently they uh did not it was not good not good i'm oh, god damn it, i'm getting a little bit of an echo i uh green bean do you have you don't have headphones on i can get them i can get can it. you turn I your volume it. down just a little bit i'm catching a little bit of the echo i'll put headphones on no sweat Cool, cool, cool. No okay, so so Dolphins, for those of you that don't know, lose a first-round pick this year, and they lose a third-round pick next year. So what's going to wind up happening, it's it's all because they were trying to uh, make Flores tank on purpose, which ruins his winning record, which makes it harder for him to get a job. It hurts everyone on the roster because everyone's going to have worse stats because of it. It's mm-hmm. it's huge. It's It's absolutely massive, and it's not not a good thing to have in sports. It destroys the integrity of the game. I agree. Well, look, I mean, this is the thing it's like, and we can kind of dovetail this into some bigger stuff. You know, if, if, if we want to have this conversation, it, it, it it's up to you. But um, mm-hmm. the truth is, is that the NFL is, uh, is trying to maintain a business where, uh, the idea that there's actual competition going on is paramount. So you mm-hmm. see that when there's anybody that does anything that kind of messes with that, they mm-hmm. tend to, unless it's the Patriots, of course, they tend to come down pretty heavily, like on gambling or, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that, performance uh, and enhancing drugs. Like they tend to be almost... Um, I'm getting feedback too, interestingly, by my in my headphones. But anyway, um, so it seems like sometimes even too much so, like the pendulum is too far on that side. But they tend to come down harsher on the things that look like they could erode the the foundation of the competition piece. Like that's really their job. I mean, you know, they're not the police. You know, they're not. You know, whatever they have a certain, uh, you know, certain codes of conduct and everything. But from my vantage point, it looks like they come down harder on, like, whenever you do something that could potentially impact the idea that, wait a minute, this isn't real. This is WWE. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like they plan the winners. How many people would be less diehard if you knew that all that kind of stuff, like they were tanking, uh, they had decided who's going to win. The refs already know who they're going to call penalties against. And if we found out all that shit, and there are even videos out there, I don't know if you've ever seen them. Some of the listeners have directed me to some videos in the past about like, uh, magnets and computer chips in the ball. Like when it like, 
the ball's going up on a kick and it just turns hard right and they think that's a, a computer chip <laughs> and all, all, all sorts. But so the idea is there, right? So when you have any kind of proof, so Brian Flores comes out, he's furious and he blows up in many sense, in many senses of the word, his own ship to kind of let the NFL know what's what's really going on. Like what everybody know. Like, look, dude, not only are they tampering with Tom Brady, I was told to go on a boat or whatever the hell that was. Uh, Sean Payton, like we're doing all that stuff. We're breaking rules all over the place. But they were going to pay me $100,000. They incentivized my losing. So I would be the sole beneficiary of losing games. And like you said, everybody else suffers. Uh, whether it's guys trying to get a contract in a contract year and on and on and on and on, right? The the uh, possibilities are endless. How many people are impacted? And then there's the fans. They're paying money. They're rooting and all this kind of stuff. So he comes out and he says all this stuff. And then Brian Flores was dragged through the mud. Many people think that he didn't get a couple of jobs because of it, namely New Orleans and and uh, and maybe some others, right? Uh, so to find out that there was even any merit to what he was saying leads me to believe and probably many other people that there's a lot more going on because they didn't get proven that they tanked that that wasn't what was proven. What was proven was that they tampered with Tom Brady and Sean Payton. At least that's what that's how I heard it. I was listening to Sirius XM and they went into it in some detail. So there's still digging into the tamp i mean i'm sorry the tanking thing they're not done with that yet so well, I, I think, think it's the flores part i think they did do the flores part i saw a comment from brian flores and his lawyer and they said they were disappointed that the repercussions were not greater than they were because i think ross is suspended for like six games or half the season yeah. or something like that dude you'd be yeah. forced to sell his team you're incentivizing losing like i'm sorry like right. you're not part of the league anymore and what what big deal is it that the owner is set, what is suspended? What impact does that have on the game? What impact? Yeah. One point five million tell this man, dollars. No, you're not coming into the stadium. Like if he wants to yeah, be sorry, there, he'll be there. He'll be sorry, here. right? Yeah, there's some there's some <laughs> sorry, you know, Mr. Nine, Ross. Yeah, some ten dollar and fifty cent an hour security guard. Like nope, nope. The NFL said. You know what I mean? But it's like, and even if he does stay away, who gives a shit? He's got a GM, he's got coaches, he's got a quarterback. What? What is, you know, it doesn't matter. Can he not pay anybody? So that's a stupid repercussion, in my opinion. Remember when it happened to Ersay? Like, it was mm-hmm. like, great, yeah, he's drinking or whatever, and they, you can't come near your team for a month. Oh, no. You yeah. know, but so the but the so they paid one point five million dollar or at least they received a one point five million dollar fine and uh, which is significant. But it, by their, you know, level, it's not. It's like it's pocket change. That's what we just paid Quan <laughs> Alexander. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's fucking just that's Chuma Idoga, you know, Ugh, crazy. So, you know what I mean? So but the but the good one is a first round pick in 2023, which is this coming draft, and then a third in the following draft. But mm-hmm. um but anyway, yeah, so Ross said that he was he was uh proven innocent on the tampering. I mean, on the tanking thing, but they 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 did not say that. So this is all Brian Flores. Remember Brian Flores blew up the the Brady boat too, remember? Mm-hmm. He was the one yeah. saying that uh, they wanted him to meet with Brady or something. I forget these in open waters or something like that. Yeah, right. Totally screwed. (laughs) 
But you know what, Ryan? I and I I love to hear your thoughts, man. Like hmm. what? How much of this shit is going on? Like if guys like Brian Flores, like let's say nobody else is willing to do what Brian Flores does. Like they sit down, they talk with their support and they're like, dude, don't put your neck on the chopping block for this. You know, mm -hmm. it's bigger than you. You're going to ruin your career. It's going to be like a um, Colin Kaepernick thing. Like you're going to be the one on the outside, no matter if people think you're right. And again, the, the game's going to go on. So how many people have been quiet with stuff like this over the years? Oh, I bet it's a ton. I mean, this is not unlike that Me Too movement with uh, that Weinstein character that was making people undress and do all the nasty stuff just to be into showbiz. Like right. people were staying quiet because they were benefiting from it and they were making money. And then it comes out and now Brian Flores, you know, blew the whistle on it. And unfortunately, I mean, he is a coach for the Steelers. I believe was he a linebackers coach or something like that now? I, you know, I hope he gets another know. shot. I yeah. thought he was the best head coaching candidate this circuit that could yeah, have been hired. And like, yeah. it's, I, I really wanted to see him in New Orleans. I thought that was going to be a really cool spot for him to land. And he may never get another coaching job again because he bit the hand that fed him. And that's, that's just that's it. Right. I, I feel bad for the guy. I really do. Um, and you know yeah, what? It's probably when they fired him. Well, that's like the the friggin' the Browns, and we'll get to this. I see a super chat coming up about Watson, but the the Browns, their ownership sucks too because they were trying to get Caldwell to do the same thing, or apparently did get this, did do the same thing, offered him money. So it's just it's all one big clusterfuck. I really I'm not yeah. a fan of it. I bet uh, it's Guido six one nine joins the channel. Thank you, brother. Becomes the newest member of the Jets Talk twenty four seven family. Drop some J E T S in the chat and maybe some M I L Fs as well. Uh, Show him all those new emojis that he's got to work with. Uh, sorry, Greenbeat. I'm just going to rip through a few super chats here Go that ahead, are popping buddy. up. I, I had all these topics all planned up, but they were I stuck them all in our three-panel uh, slide, and I <laughs> I don't know how to get them over here without oh. like jacking stuff up. So now I'm just like, ah, we'll go off the chat. <laughs> For, forget what I was going to talk about. Uh, Josh says they actually lost picks for tampering with Brady and Peyton, not because of the tanking situation. Interesting, because so I guess if Flores blew the whistle on this particular situation, maybe they're still investigating, like you said, Greenbean, the tampering situation or the tanking situation. Uh, maybe yeah. they lose that other first because like Frankie from Flatbush said they had two firsts going into next year. I'd love to see them get the other one pulled as well. They shouldn't have any yep. first round picks for doing that shit. That's right. And let me just say this while we're at it. And Bill Belichick shouldn't be allowed to coach in this. And like, what is this? Like mm -hmm. we, we slap these guys. Like how many times can you get caught cheating? Right? So these guys get caught. They, they lose a pick or two. You get, Hey, you can't come hang out with your team. Wow. 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 Oh, I'll just go to Guam or um, to Barbados instead for a little while. And you know, it doesn't mm -hmm. matter. And then, so um, yeah, but what, what's really going on? Like after this, so you lose a pick, great we already have another first i mean it sucks for the team but still it's not the end of the world and 1.5 million dollars like it ultimately means nothing nothing and so mm -hmm. you know essentially if you really want to take a shot at whether it's tampering or whether it's tanking and you know that now the precedent is set 1.5 million and i can't come near the team for a month no no problem i'll do it and you know it's worth it yeah. Kyle Ormsby says they found no evidence of them trying to lose games. The loss of picks is for tampering with Tom Brady and Sean Payton. Kyle, I really hope it's because they haven't investigated it fully just yet because I really don't like 
um, the incentivized losing. And it sounds like uh, Flores has a letter that they have in hand of him telling upper management that he did not feel comfortable doing that. So I, I think that should be coming down the pipe if it was offered. Now, maybe they didn't try to lose the games and maybe that's why there's no infraction, but that's a, I, I don't, I don't love that look either. Uh, Aaron says, how do you see the safety competition playing out? Love you guys. Preseason around the corner. What undrafted player have you heard bald in camp? So I think my favorite part of the safety competition, I really like Whitehead and I really like Joyner. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, those guys are probably going to be starting the season. But Pinnock, he looks good in training camp. Like, I'm, I'm watching him in some of the drills, and I know it's nothing like, you know, we're not seeing a whole lot of game stuff. He's someone I'm going to be keeping an eye on at the green and white scrimmage on Saturday. But I really like Pinnock, and I'm hoping he has the ability to, if he's not going to steal that starting role, to at least be in the conversation of, like, competing for it next year. Because uh, I think he's got a lot of talent. Um, Greenbean, is there anyone safety-wise that you kind of like uh, from our uh, our little competition we got going on here? Yeah. Well, if I may, uh, I have a versus game going on right now with exactly this question. If you guys want to take a chance at it, you can click on the links in my videos and take and uh, guess you can make some money. But so it's I have Joiner versus Pinnock, right? I don't think Ashton Davis is going to start. I just don't think it. I think uh, they'll use him in in certain situations, but I think the actual competition is between Jason Pinnock and LaMarcus Joyner. And here's what mm -hmm. I think is going to happen. Unless Pinnock is lights out in the preseason, uh, I think it's smart to start Joyner first, you know, a little while, feather Pinnock in in certain mm -hmm. situations, see how he handles it, and then slowly but surely make him the starter if he does well. I would love nothing more than to see a mid-round pick last year change positions and make good and become a starter. I didn't mean Pinnock was the one pick, not the one, but he was the probably the one I didn't like. I mean, the one I liked the least. And look, we, we were together. I went, Jason Pinnock? Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't like that pick at all. So the fact that he, you know, look, we have a little bit of data. He played okay at free safety. And supposedly the Jets love him there. I would love nothing more than to see him win the job. But again, I think it's probably smarter to let LaMarcus Joyner kind of man the position and, and see how Pinnock uh, fares as we feather him into certain situations. Yeah, and then as far as uh, what undrafted player have you heard bald in camp? Uh, undrafted Ooh. player. Rashard. Richard, well, well not, yeah, that's that's a good one because that's a, that's an older one. That's he's an undrafted yeah, well, free agent from 2017. Yep, and he's a USFL star. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Joe Douglas brought would, him in to the Eagles in 2017. Eagles. I would love to see. I mean, look, you know, I don't think much of those guys like you know bottom end like eighth wide receiver guys for this year. I like to see those guys um, make it to the practice squad and develop for a little while. Like, you know, but like you said, he's a little bit older. He's been around the block. Uh, he played in Canada too, if I remember correctly, I might have that mm -hmm. wrong. Maybe Canada USFL. And like you said, he was an undrafted free agent of the Eagles. I think he was on so the Titans been in the for NFL. a little bit too. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. 
But he had that one or two good days, you know, and we'll see. We'll see how it goes with him. But, you know, look, in truth, man, as much as I loved the idea of the Smith brothers, like I really liked Vincent Smith. I, mm-hmm. I liked his skill set. I thought he had a lot of potential. Uh, I'm just about ready, like two, three seasons on the practice squad. It's like, okay, just if they're never mm-hmm. going to be able to shake, you know, shake that off and, and bump up a spot after mm-hmm. two, three years, it's time to move on and bring somebody in that could. And I think mm-hmm. that Richard, it's Richard Davis, isn't it? Or yep. David Richard. What, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. So um, I would like to see, like, if Richard Davis can prove that he's got, you know, a little bit to offer. I'd like to see maybe the the Vincent Smiths, the Tariq Blacks, the DJ Montgomery's, or DJ Montgomery's gone. Um, so mm-hmm. that was nice. I'm I'm done with DJ Montgomery. I mean, I have nothing against him personally, you know what I mean? But it's mm-hmm. just like we brought him in last year, he drops a pass. It's like, okay, get, just go away. Um, you know, so anyway, I'd I'd like to see uh maybe a Rashard Davis come in and, and bump the Vincent and or Jeff Smith or Tariq Blacks of the world off the team. I think that would be uh what I'd like. And that's all I'm hearing so far. Yeah, that's kind of where I was gonna go. I was actually I was gonna go Rashard Davis, and when you said Davis, I was like, oh <laughs> you beat me to it. <laughs> so I, that that would be mine uh as well. Uh Muttvile says, explain why Watson was suspended for six games for misconduct and Ridley's suspension all year from gambling. So the NFL is all about their money. And yeah. Calvin Ridley, like Green Bean alluded to, put that in jeopardy. If people feel like there's no integrity yeah. or there's no uh, randomness or skill to the game and it's all quote-unquote rigged or he's you know maybe hedging, uh, you know, shaving points, something along those lines, the league will never recover. So they yeah. take it very, very seriously. Um now, that being said, I don't think there should be an issue with gambling in sports as long as you're gambling on your team to win, you're gambling on the over for passing yards, the over for rushing yards, <laughs> the over for receiving yards, and the unders for all the defensive stats, things that would help your team win. I think that should be fine. Um, now, unfortunately, you know that's not the way it goes, and Calvin Ridley loses a year of his career because of it, while Deshaun Watson had 26 cases brought against him, uh, and he only gets six games. And I think it's absolutely asinine. I was going to make a video about it, but I was like way too steamed up. And I was like, I'm just going to go for a walk. Like this guy's like, I'm going to say something stupid. <laughs> like yeah, I was right, ready totally. to like go. I, I, <laughs> I do not want the Browns to win a frigging game. I think they're a shit organization. I think he's a shit person. And I think, you know, I just, I, I'm, I'm going to be rooting for Baker all year you know, especially week one against them. I think the six game suspension, I hope the league appeals it and they try to get him for a year and a half and they settle on a year or something along those lines. Now, the reason he got less was because like, oh, the um, the owner should be held to a higher standard. Snyder would never got in trouble. Kraft barely got anything for the, you know, the the day spa or whatever. So that's the, the rationale that was used. And it's weird that the judge that, you know, presided over the case said like, there is evidence of Watson doing things to these girls that they did not want knowing they did not want it and like had all this expectation and everything. And she's like, so that's why I'm going to give him, and I'm going to give him six games because it was nonviolent. I bet if you ask the 26 girls that came forward and asked if it was nonviolent, they probably have a slightly different uh, take on the whole thing. Now, if he winds up getting six games, I would love, absolutely love if the NFL came out, if they had the balls, they would come out and they would say, 
Deshaun Watson will be suspended for the six games that the judge uh, said he should be, but we're gonna dis- we're gonna make him miss all six division games. We're not doing the first six because we gave them a cupcake schedule. They have the number one easiest schedule in the league for the first six games. They knew it was coming. They sh- they they built the schedule that way. I think it's a load of crap, and I think they should totally, you know, hit him and hit the Browns where it hurts. That's yeah. my two thoughts on that. Well, and it's funny, and you're wise, bro. You're smart not to jump in. You know, it's one of those areas where, you know, I've learned, uh, I learned it a couple years ago. Um, I learned it in Ohio, but that's a different story. I, was, I made a video in Ohio, and I just mentioned something. And the backlash that I got on both, it was like either side, like it was venomous, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. On both sides. And I realized like for me, and I, and I think that you're, you're smart too. Like just, you know, we stay out of this one, at least until it's all decided, like in the speculative mm-hmm. piece. Um, I don't know. I just think people get real hot over this stuff. And, and like, look, the truth is, is that I think if he's guilty of these things, I think he should be get a year. I mean, at minimum. Right. But I also Mm -hmm. think he should go to jail. Like, so that's the other side of it. So, um, but that all is what it is. But as far as what the NFL is doing, like when people, I I've heard that, I don't know, two dozen times in the past 48 hours, like why Ridley gets this Mm -hmm. and why Deshaun Watson gets that. But I think you just nailed it. I mean, look, the NFL, they're not the legal system. They are a business. You know what I mean? So they're looking at which one impacts their business more. Now, do I think that's right? Mm. No, that's not where I'm coming from, but trying to look at why they would give one this way and be okay with the other one, the other way, it definitely is rooted in something to do with that. Like gambling upsets the apple cart. Uh, you know, it's a sexual assault. Maybe in their eyes, it doesn't. Now, do I? I mean, you know, that's not my opinion, but trying to dissect this, it's like it probably has something to do with that. In my opinion, I think the NFL should probably appeal it. And um, which is weird because they have to appeal to themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it like, goes to, to Goodell. Weird... So I wonder, like, does he appeal yeah. it and then he sets the punishment anyway? Yeah, and he goes a year. But then why go through all this? Like, that's the weird part about it. I don't well, know, I think man. it's probably it like, is... then they should say like, hey, we're going to give you a year and a half. And then they meet in the middle from where the judge who was supposed to be like independent of, of Goodell. And then they make it a year and they call it that. But they're yeah, going to, they should a... make it a year. And they're like, hey, we're going to suspend you six games this year and eight games next year <laughs> or nine games next year. And like, oh, wow. they screw, screw two wow. seasons for him. Wow. That would be bizarre. Now, the I good hate news, the contract probably- that they gave him to, ah, dude, I, it like burns me up. Like they knew everything they were doing was shady. Yeah, totally. It's, ah, it's just shitty. I don't want to see the world work like this. And it is. Uh, well, you know, that's, you know, look, I think as far as this all goes, um, like you said, Cleveland did that with a few players. Like they kind of remember when when um, Dorsey was there, they spent a few weeks, a few months, kind of collecting all the troubled troubled players out there. Whether it be OBJ, whether it be Kareem Hunt, whether it be Sheldon Richardson, like they they collected all these guys, and it was like I don't know, man. To me, it just seemed like they were disregarding. Like the Chiefs just cut them. And you sign him. Like, I don't know, mm-hmm. man. Can we let the guy kind of feel it for a second? 
You know, yeah, I don't know. He's, there's don't no know. repercussion. But I'm with you. Like with Watson, right. it's like, hey, you get six weeks off. You get to get out of Houston like you wanted. You got your money. You're only being fined $333,000 of your $238 million fully guaranteed. Like he's still making $45 million this year. That's insane to me. Josh Scott yeah. says they found the tanking incentive to be a joke. I think they probably had to do that because of the gambling aspect uh, with the Ridley thing and now also an owner possibly being involved with having tank. They probably have to say that to try and save face. That sucks. Yeah. They should lose another and, pick. Right. And that's the thing too. Like I see New York, New York Jets, Florida uh, in the chat. He brings up, well, what about Robert Kraft? You know, and it's like, yeah, what yeah. about Robert Kraft? You know, like the Patriots, like this is what I'm saying. The Patriots seem to get away with everything. Front end, mm -hmm. maybe I'm I'm biased. I don't know. It's just they how destroyed it looks. the Deflate Gate tapes because it was so egregious. Yeah, and they destroyed the Spygate tapes. You mean? Is that what? No, oh, that's what I meant. Spygate tapes. That's what. Yeah, it was. yeah, right. Yeah, Too many they gates. destroyed. Yeah, I know, dude. Think of it. They were actually caught cheating three times, and their owner was a part of a big massage parlor sting. Mm-hmm why are why is the whole organization still intact like nobody had to leave no i mean we had a pen we had a suspension we had a, a first round draft pick yay mm -hmm. you know what i mean but where's the real repercussions why how many times do you think bill belichick really was cheating if we caught him three times and maybe mm -hmm. four I don't, I don't remember three or four times you know, like how many times do you think he really cheated? Like this guy, if Ross was so comfortable asking um, um, uh, Flores to tank, he was going to throw him 100 Gs for every game that he lost. How many times do you think he's had that conversation before? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like we need some swift punishment. But I feel like the NFL just wants to sweep it. They want to just do it. They yeah. want to get it off the docket. That's all. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, talking Jets with Tigo. Says, how's the baby girl? My boy was Ooh. born on the 13th. Congratulations, Tigo. Uh, oh, Tigo just had and a has kid been, too? Congrats. Tigo just yeah. had a kid, had a, had a baby boy. Congratulations. He says, uh, uh, it has been wonderful, uh, a wonderful handful. Excited to introduce the two newest Jet fans to the crew. Yeah, can't wait. Yeah. If you're going to be uh, at, well, if you're going to be at the Green and White scrimmage, I'll be there with Shay and Becca. Um... They're not coming to week one, though. But I'm excited to to introduce Shay at some point. She's kind of flopping around. She's <laughs> not really a whole lot of standing up right now. Uh, I guess I should. I'll bring her on stream at some point. Yeah. Um, I just, but congratulations. I love, I love the name. I love the name, uh, bro. I think you, you knocked you. it out of the park. Uh, Sorless comes in, says, think JD inquires about Jenkins from the Bears. That's the tackle. Uh that they're apparently shopping. I think Joe Douglas is going to inquire about any and all players uh, just to get a gauge on what their price would be. I don't think um, it's, I don't think he'll necessarily pull the trigger because we spent the pick on Mitchell and I think they'll want to see him. But dude, McDermott's been getting blown up by Lawson uh, the last two days. So maybe, you know, maybe they decide to pull the trigger on a, on a swing tackle. I would like to see someone come in as a swing tackle because I don't really trust Edoga and I don't trust McDermott at this point. And Mitchell's just too young uh, for me to be confident in him being the, the backup. So we'll see. Creepy, you got any thoughts on the tackle position? Yeah, well, I mean, 
I think uh, if we've learned anything about Joe Douglas, and it, it's hard to put a finger on him, right? Because he he did do things pretty different, especially in the draft than we expected this year, um, with being more aggressive than we've seen. He's used to being like you know acquiring picks, but so but what we've seen from him leads me to believe that he's going to bring in. Uh, a veteran tackle. Now, does that mm-hmm. mean that we're going to make a trade? Maybe not. Does that mean that he'll wait until like the cuts start? Maybe there was a guy uh, in last year's, you know, late later rounds of last year's draft that he really liked, and they're going to a team's going to try to stuff him on waivers, and he's going to go scoop him up. You know, that mm-hmm. stuff happens all the time. It's how we got Quincy Williams. It's how we got um, Tim Braxton Ward. Berrios. Braxton Berrios, right? So we've done this before. And uh, like I feel pretty confident that Joe Douglas is going to look to secure the underneath of our tackle position. That said, I think they're, I do think they're confident, and actions speak louder than words in Fant and Becton. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think they're looking for a starter, but that swing tackle can be just, you know, invaluable to the team. Uh, knifey Spoonie says between sauce wilson jj and hall if you could pick one to become an immediate superstar which one would have the biggest impact on our season i think it's definitely going to be Brees hall just because of the position that he plays and because he's already got the tandem of michael carter back there the offensive line should be uh you know this is the first time we don't have rookies on the offensive line these guys are playing together uh throughout camp so i i do think that he stands to have the biggest year. Like I think offensive rookie of the year is entirely uh, in the wheelhouse. Yeah. And I would say, you know, not to be outdone is sauce Gardner. Like he sauce is a freak watching some of his clips at, at camp, dude, he blitzed (laughs) off the edge. He almost took down, took down Zach in the end zone. Like this guy's fast and he's enormous. Like this guy legitimately looks like an alien. His arms are like, down to his <laughs> knees. The guy's got like 80 inch wingspan. I've never seen a human like so like I don't even know the right word. He's just big. <laughs> He's just a large person. Really cool. He's like an entire helmet above DJ Reed. Like this is a special specimen of a human. Yeah. Um I know it's funny hearing um all the Jets fans talk about being surprised at how tall he is. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, well, we knew six three, but like, but it's just like, like, it's a big, like, he's like under 200 pounds and like, he's just like lanky and gangly. Like he almost reminds me of like a Kevin Durant looking sort of body. Like just, he's too long for for what like a human should look like, but he's so big that he's going to be like his arm span, his wingspan at 80 inches, your, your wingspan is supposed to be roughly what your height is and 80 inches God, what is that? That's got to be like. Is that how? Is that how, is that true? Your it's, wingspan. Yeah, it's, it's right around. It's close. Height? It's like that's the ballpark for it. So like I'm five nine, so my wingspan is roughly ish five nine. Um, but eighty inches. What does eighty inches work out in math? Six foot eight. Is that right, Frankie? Eight. What's eighty inches mean? What's eighty <laughs> inches? Help us out, chat. What the hell's going on? Let's see. Eighty divided by twelve. Let's say uh, seventy-two is six foot. Eight. Yeah, 72. So six foot six. eight. Yeah, six foot eight. That's a wow. big dude. That's five inches bigger than his height. That's, that's a big guy. Yeah, I mean, the, the truth is, is that, you know, 
I really love long cornerbacks, like, you know, like the Cromartie mm-hmm. type. Yep. And, uh, you know, I, I really like, I like that, you know, I think, um, just that body style. It's not to say we can't love a little bit shorter and all that, but I, I just, I really love that. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as, <clears throat> excuse me, who's going to, um, become an immediate superstar, I think getting the ball handed to you, you know, 15, 20 times a game gives you mm-hmm. a pretty good leg up on anybody else that you might be considering. So I think I'm with you, uh, Brees Hall. I will admit I'm, I'm, I'm becoming increasingly frightened to talk about him uh, in this way. Like I just, my jinxitis is really flaring up the past two or three days, man. I'm, I don't know what it is. Like it's starting to happen. Like be, you know, people are like, oh, fucking Brees Hall is going to be this, and I get like a little pang of nervousness instantly mm-hmm. without planning or any or that thought. I'm like, oh no. So let's say, let's assume everybody's healthy. Okay, I think that Brees Hall's got the immediate leg up on uh, on on getting a little bit more superstar capable you know, field time. Now, like you said, sauce, dude, sauce is going to get tested week one. Sauce is going to be tested right away. In my opinion, he's more than likely going to find himself on Bateman a little bit. And I think that Lamar Jackson is going to see what this, what this rookie has. I mean, why wouldn't he? Everybody's going to want to do that. And so if that happens and he's as good as he's supposed to be out of the gate, I would, I mean, dude, he comes away with a pick in his first game or, or, you know, a couple passes defensed or on third down, that kind of stuff. And he could, he could be flying towards a uh, superstar as well. <clears throat> oh, a hundred percent. Uh, Steven says the fact that Zach is definitely going against a much better defense this year and looking better than last year to me is a caveat to what's to, uh, of what's to come. So he's had what is it? Two rough practices. One was below 50%. Uh, I think it's two. I think it's only been two practices that have been like, eh, out of Zach. Like he had some pretty good throws today from what I saw. Um, nothing to write home about. I actually didn't put him in my recap for today because it didn't seem overly, it didn't seem good. Didn't seem bad. Just seemed like he was there. Like the the wide receiver showed out. Like Elijah Moore had a filthy one handed snatch today. Um, yeah, yeah, I saw that. That was good. Really that nice. That was wasn't that Flacco? I think wasn't it was that Flacco. Maybe it was Flacco throwing it to him, and it was uh, Garrett Wilson had a nice catch over the middle too. And then Denzel Mims had a nice catch. Denzel Mims, yeah, yeah. Mims Mims was Denzel actually Mims. so he had he had a really nice catch at the welcome back uh, practice as well, uh, and then. Today, he was actually working out with the special teams unit. He was like practicing being a gunner uh, or I guess defending a gunner. Gunner is the, like the, the offensive side of the special teams, I think. Or is it the defensive hey, side of the special teams? I think I've just always gunner is the, the No, the gunner is the guy on the kicking team. That's the gunner. He's okay, the so what's chasing. the opposing guy? He was the opposing dude. Uh, the blocker, like, I guess. Would he just be a corner or a blocker? Block. Yeah, that's where, that's where block, he was. Yeah, he wasn't, I don't know. I mean, that's interesting. It was weird seeing. <clears throat> hey, I wanna I wanna tell you, Frankie from Flatbush uh, commented. I'm gonna put, I'm gonna recomment it. Uh, he says 33.875 inch arm length is in the 100th percentile for cornerbacks. So sauce is off the charts, any way you slice it. 
It's pretty Dude, good. He's so big. It's like it's really, really fun to like just see what this guy it just looks like on the field. Like he's so much bigger than Elijah Moore. Like Elijah Moore is not a big guy by any stretch of the imagination, but like completely blankets him. Like this is going to be a really impressive corner right out of the gate. I didn't think that was going to be the case. I thought there was going to be some growing pains and whatnot. And I'm sure there's going to be, but if there's any situation where he's guarding the number two wide receiver and now, you know, Reed has his guy locked down over there, he's going to be snatching balls away. Like I think three and a half is the good over under for his interceptions. And I'm taking the over on this year based on like just his sheer freak athleticism the only way he won't get it is if the jets offense is so anemic that they that the opposing defense doesn't necessarily have to throw the ball to score points three and a half i i would like that too i mean it's tough to just jump right there right like we haven't seen a guy with three and a half interceptions and i don't know maybe frankie knows this uh how when's the last person we had with three and a half picks or more uh in a season like i don't even know but so it's hard he, to jump from like no one in 10 years to all of a sudden having it. But he yeah, is. Yeah, who would it be? Would it be like, build, uh, right? like a Desir or something Johnson. like that? Like, did he have like a weird wonky kind of a, not a good year, but just sort of caught some interceptions? I'm trying to think like, it's got to be a few years. Because we didn't have like any turnovers yeah. for a while. It, it wasn't uh, Tremaine Johnson. It wasn't Jamal nope. Adams. Maybe Marcus May. Marcus May might have did that. He might have had it. Marcus May might have did that. Why is below 500 without Brady talking about trading Mims to the Pats, no less? Nah, that's not happening. Buddy? Yeah. I would not send that there. You'd have to give me a first for that. (laughs) Mumtaz says, (laughs) I love that Garrett Wilson was unhappy. He was open in the end zone and didn't get the ball and went and talked to Zach about it. He may help Zach get better. Look, I have no problem with the wide receivers kind of chirping a little bit if they're clearly right. Like, there's, it seems like the Jets had a little bit of, uh, there was a little bit of frustration this this practice because of um, pre-snap penalties on the offense inside their own 10. Uh, so apparently the floor got a little animated. So it wasn't like a great day for the offense overall. But Garrett Wilson has been like shifty. He's been getting open. He's making a lot of catches over the middle. I saw him practicing returning a punt again. I don't want to see that. Put Barrios on punt return. He's all pro. No reason to risk Garrett Wilson. Hell no. I agree, man. Like, what are we doing here? Like, it's not even worth playing around with. Your emergency guy should be somebody else. Like, okay, so Barrios or whoever and and whoever you want to do. I mean, well, Barrios is more, was he punt and return and kick return? Barrios? For some reason, I'm... I feel like he I did. think he was punt and kick. Yeah, sure. yeah, I think, yeah, just leave Barrios. If you're looking for somebody more dynamic, don't have it be your first-round pick starting wide receiver, please. Not mm-hmm. now. Wait till we have a couple years with lower injuries or something like mm-hmm. that. You know what I mean? Like, let me let me say this, you know, and I'm afraid to say it. You know what? I'm not going to say it. I'm afraid. Okay, good. Don't I'm say it. talk injuries. Yeah, I'm not. RJ... <laughs> Comes in, says, hey, Greenbean, did you see your boy Kyle Hamilton get cooked on that video at training camp? Did you see this, Greenbean? I'm oh, sure yeah. someone sent it to you. So so I hope this- he fucking looks week one. I'm not, a, he's not, I'm not a fan of his anymore. What are you kidding me? I want him to suck the biggest of balls. That's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> Believe see, me, man. I, Screw that I, guy. I, 
I watched that and dude, he got caught so flat footed, like burnt by like 10 yards easy, like could not recover. Now that being said, he's not going to be in press man coverage on no. a receiver. It's just not going to happen. You don't draft a six foot four safety to, to do that. You put him no. deep and you let him ball hawk. Yeah. And the thing is, if you look, there was, that was the hot clip, but there was a couple of clips right before that, where he was like closing people down and all that sort of stuff. Somebody mm-hmm. sent me. Um, but, uh, and again, dude, it's practice. We don't know what they got him working on. You know what I mean? We don't know. We're just looking at it like, ah, he sucks. Dude, again, I hope that's the case. That would be the version of him I'd love to see week one. Like, just send Elijah Moore streaking, and he takes a bad angle and looks like he gained 40 pounds, and he's lumbering all slowly behind him. I would love nothing more. Believe me. But again, you know, it's like uh, it's taking things out of context. We don't know what it is. But I saw it. I did. Edward... Edward Ziff drops in, says MLB disciplines way better than NFL money corrupts. Um, yeah, look, the, the MLB suspended, uh, what's his face for two years on a sexual assault charge and Watson's getting six games. Like it's the NFL has done such a horrible job policing themselves across. Like what did Ray Rice originally get? Was it one game or two games for cold cocking his girlfriend? And then the video came out and they're like, oh yeah, no, that guy can't play again. Like we had the tape, they saw it, but they're like, oh, now everyone else saw it. Now he can't play. Yeah. Dude, look, and on one hand, honestly, like just being a realist, right? I can understand why they would want to shut all that shit down. But how Mm. great is it that finally we're able to see the truth of things. You know what I mean? Like whether you, cause I mean, mm-hmm. look, 20 years ago, we didn't have cameras everywhere, all this kind of stuff. And we would just believe it. There'd be maybe a couple fans somewhere arguing about what's right and what's wrong, but we wouldn't know. Now we know, and we can see how the NFL actually responds to things. So we know who we're dealing with, but you know, look, I get, they're trying to maintain, this is a multi-billion dollar operation. They're trying mm-hmm. to keep, that rolling that's their number one goal it's pretty much their only goal you know they uh, player safety all the yes 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 but their only goal is to keep the billions rolling in they expand every year they added yahoo and amazon and all the you know they're just bringing on more people so they can make more and more money if there's an opportunity to sweep something under the rug for these guys i have to believe that they're going to try and do it yeah and Joshua McMillan says Josh Gordon suspended 76 games for smoking weed. Like that's when you put it next to some of the other suspensions, it's just so asinine. Like there's no rhyme or reason to it. Like I get like Josh Gordon broke the rules of the NFL multiple times. Like he's a dumb dumb for doing that. But then when you go back and you look at it, like, wait, this guy smoked pot and lit up. It wasn't just weed though. It wasn't just weed. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. I wrote an article about Josh Gordon uh, addiction in the NFL. I planned mm-hmm. to write a whole bunch more, but nobody gave two shits about it. So I didn't feel like working on it any longer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the truth. But, well, um, I like you it. know, I feel like <laughs> I, I feel like the NFL completely mismanaged uh, that poor young kid, man. I mean, you have addiction is real. 
obviously. I mean, this is my soapbox, right? I don't want to take over the show. But I feel like the NFL completely mismanaged uh, an opportunity like Josh Gordon. And they don't know what they're doing because they don't care. Believe me, I, dude, I worked with colleges like, where do I live, right? You know where I live. You know where I live next to. There's a big school. There's a couple big schools here, some bigger than others. But I got JMU. I got UVA, all these schools. And I worked in the addiction field, and I worked with some of those schools, most of them. And believe me when I tell you, I have been told by very, very high up people in that side of things, we will never, um, if somebody has an addiction problem, we will never let it out, and we will never mm ruin their opportunity. This is how they look at it. We will never ruin their opportunity by putting something negative out. So they're saying, you know, we don't want to ruin you know, people to think negatively about them. But really what they're saying is if we have a good player here, we're not going to, we're not going to ruin the chance of keeping that good player for mm -hmm. getting him healthy. And that's what it was. That, that was my job. I was trying to get them when people suffer from addiction, send them to me and we can help them and work with you and all that. They wanted nothing to do with it, man. None. It's tough. Right? The stigma around addiction, I think has started to change in the last 10 years. I know Short, my certainly. views on it have definitely changed. I, when I was going through high school, there was kids that had gotten into some rough stuff and, you know, I, I just took it as like, oh, you're a bad person. You're, you know, an asshole for doing this, but a lot of them wound up, you know, they had, you know, medical issues where they, they, they got prescribed medication pills, you know, like Oxycontin or, uh, you know, Vicodin or something got hooked and then it just kind of kept going into other stuff and they're trapped in this, in this cycle. And it, it took me a bunch of years to really wrap my head around that whole idea. So I think it's good that that stigma is starting to, to go away, but we're still a long way from where we need to be. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. But that's the thing. Most people thought like that. Like, you know, look, man, when I'm running around stealing a car or whatever, because I absolutely need to get what I need to get. So, you know, um, mm -hmm. how do you not look at me like that? You know what I mean? And that's it took a very, very long time for the world to entertain the idea that like a guy like Josh Gordon, he's not doing this because he's a piece of shit. He can't mm -hmm. stop. Like, mm -hmm. that's what it is. So, um, you know. But yeah, I mean, the original comment, you know, look at how much he got, even if it was heroin, 76 games for heroin versus six games for potentially abusing 24 women. I don't, I don't see the comparison. You know what I mean? I think it's ridiculously lopsided. Yeah, it doesn't make any me. sense to me at all. Boys and girls, we got a whole bunch of you in the chat. If you want to get entered to win a t-shirt at the end of this stream, all you have to do is head over to Twitter and retweet the stream. That's all you got to do. Maybe drop a like on it. But yeah, retweet the stream. The only people so that Ryan, are going to be qualified tonight I'm, are the so people I'm that I'm not collecting any names, right? You're not so collecting any sure. names. Okay. I mean, right, we so, appreciate okay. the likes because it, it helps the video, but... <laughs> <laughs> the, the anyone that's going to get picked tonight specifically all you have to do is retweet the stream on twitter it's on my twitter page you'll find it when you go over there but all you got to do is retweet it trying to get some love out to the masses ah now once green bean comes back i got a good question for him not a really good question but i want to talk about it let me know when you're Am ready. I freeze bean in today? Somebody got said a little bit of freeze bean, bean in. I, I did. I almost oh, eliminated the, the freeze bean from the emoji. And I was like, mm, I'm going to leave it because I really like people writing the word titties. 
but now I have an eye in milk, so now I don't really need it. Um, but if you guys don't know, and I'm sure all of you do, because we were all sitting there last week when our boy Green Bean went live with one Connor Hughes. And if you did not see oh. the interview, I highly, highly recommend you go watch it because it was something special. Green Bean did a great job interviewing Hughes. I thought you didn't pull any punches. I thought you you asked questions that were respectful, but hard-hitting. And I thought Hughes, dude, I'm not going to lie, way more respect for Hughes than I ever had prior. I, I th I'm a big fan of his now, the way he answered all those questions. Yeah, well, look, I have to be honest, too. I mean, um, I was impressed by the willingness to answer it. I mean, you know, sometimes mm -hmm. there was a little dancey, you know, but I, but I don't think he ever danced too far away from the original point. And again, I'm just glad and, and I respect the way that he reached out to me and the conversations that we had, you know, he owned it, man. You know, he basically mm -hmm. said like, look, this should have never got here and fucking, you know? Um, so I respect that, but you know, again, um, I asked him stuff. I mean, like, you know, I'm not going to be, you know, some guys were like, tell him he's a this, you know, I'm like, I'm not going to tell him he's a nothing. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not doing that. But I, I wanted to at least dig into that. And I thought that I, I thought it was fun, man. I enjoyed uh, doing it. And I thought that he did a good job. You know, that's my, I, that's my honest thoughts about it. You know? Now, without giving too much away about the interview, because I do want people to go over there and watch it if they haven't watched it. What was your, let's say your biggest takeaway that you had that maybe you didn't realize. Well, I think we all kind of knew and like, even on, you know, we've talked about it here and, and, and I've talked about it on the Thursday show with Frankie and the boys. Like we know that agents are the source for a lot of the, um, you know, a lot of the, the information, the signings and all that. But to the degree that it is, I was mm -hmm. unaware. Maybe I never even just, I never thought about it. But like the idea that um, like the Shefties and the rap reports of the world, if they see an agent giving someone else a, 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 uh, a tip, you know, a, a nugget, they there will be backlash to it. You know, mm -hmm. I didn't realize that it could be so so tense, you know, and so, so tenuous, really. I did, I just never imagined that it was like that. Like I was very critical over the beat, not being able to break a single story. And at least on player acquisition stuff, I think I have a better understanding of what that world is really like um, mm -hmm. than I thought. I still think that there's plenty of news that could come out of the jets and plenty of tidbits that the beat could get if the if the organization respected them more as a whole. I still believe that. Um, but at the same time, I, I didn't realize, you know, when he talked about the $2,000 bottles of scotch and and all that kind mm -hmm. of shit, that when, when the agent does give a nugget to someone else, there's actually backlash for it. And uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. You know, something I didn't realize went on, but, but something that he brought up in that interview was... I believe it was a few years back when Alshon Jeffrey was trying to sign a contract and Al Alshon Jeffrey was reaching out to Schefter to find out what other guys were going to be getting and what should Jeffrey be looking to get. And because of that exchange of information, Jeffrey's agent told him, hey, you're going to get the scoop. 
for passing that yeah. along. So it's a you scratch my back, I scratch yours, which makes perfect sense. But I didn't realize to what degree it went on. Yeah. And that's what I think, like for me, like, you know, it's not to say that we didn't, I mean, any educated fan, like, look, guys like us, the guys in the chat, like most mm -hmm. of us, we're, we're diggers, you know, like we look for, we're, we're trying to consume as much as we can. We, a lot of us have been around a while. So I don't mm -hmm. think we were completely ignorant to that fact. But again, like to the, in the same way, you know, in the same vein as what you just said, I thought that there were layers to it that I didn't realize or, or, or maybe I, I just never considered. I just, you know, I thought, man, fuck up. You know, you can get your fucking scoop. What is this bullshit? Like, that's what I thought. Um, but uh, turns out that might not be the case. And that's assuming everything he said was on the level. I mean, I, I think it was. I, I took it as that. You know what I mean? I didn't feel like there was a bunch of, uh, of baloney being thrown at us. I, I felt like he was answering uh, good. But, yeah, that was a big one. And, um, you know, the idea that if you get a scoop, people are mad at the agent and then like won't or, you know, like and then won't work with the agent in the future or whatever it might be. Uh, that was interesting. Like the Shefties and the uh, Rappaports of the world, dude, they got it on lock. They get, and he's, remember he said even the Pierre Desir signing, which was a nothing signing by comparison, mm -hmm. they got yeah. mad at him for that. They, they don't even want these little guys like the beat guys to have that. Yeah. So it's pretty crazy. Yeah, that was crazy. wild. I, it, Hughes was the one that broke the Desir signing. I think that he was saying that was his first big break that he did, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and he got in a lot of heat for it. They, and like he actually went back to his uh, his guy and was like, "Hey, like I, I'm sorry. Like <laughs> you know, I don't know. I, I thought I did the right thing, and like you know, I don't know. I thought it was interesting. Yeah. Hold on. Um, boys and girls, I love seeing all the different words that you've been <laughs> able to come yeah. up with in the chat using all the letters uh lift sets bruh that was a good one lift set. stiffies <laughs> <laughs> oh that's good <laughs> i should have added more letters oh god a while ago yeah so you only had now now do you have all the letters now did you put the whole alphabet in there or just a few? no i didn't so you can based on how many members you have on your channel you you're you're given a certain amount of emojis that you're allowed to add so since we have i don't know 100 some odd members we have you know a certain amount of emojis to work with and i'd have to look at what the next stepping the next threshold is it starts out like small so that way you can get a good amount of them and then it starts getting wider and wider margins so if you guys want more emojis all you gotta do is become a member of the channel <laughs> and my go. ass will sit and make them i, I want to like i i fine-tuned it a little bit i removed the f-bomb i removed the nuclear mushroom cloud the zach wilson head the jets helmet and i think i wrote i think i removed the douglas stone cold steve austin i'm pretty sure but what's cool is throughout the season is as we get to each one of the uh you know games i'll change the emojis to be relevant for that week's game i did it with the pats i have some like f-u-c-k pats <laughs> in there so th those those are fun when we did that it's a good time johnny's got the ejection eject button Love it. Yeah, I still think the my favorite. I mean, I'm seeing there's there's some good. This is good, but my favorite is still just straight up tits with the green with oh, the freeze beam. That's or I love the first time. I think it was. <laughs> I don't know who the first one was. I want to say it was. Uh, 
Oh, God, I think he's in here right now. I thought it was... God, the name is escaping me right now, and I'll find it in two seconds because I'm almost positive I saw him in here. Oh, maybe not. Um, Maximilian no, doesn't it. like it. He doesn't like it, Maximilian. He's, he's upset. What? Where is Maximilian? He says he wants us to grow up in the chat. Come on, man. Oh, come on. I like, I like <laughs> We're talking Max. about a child's game. This is uh, all about uh, fun and games. This is about, about being children. Right. I like that. That was a, <laughs> that was a good, that, that's a good little, uh, that's a good angle, Ryan. Like we're all here taking a child game seriously. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, that's the biggest thing. When you, when you look back at everything, it's like these guys get paid millions of dollars to play a kid's game. Yeah. And like, I like the players that try not to lose that enthusiasm because I think when you go to work that long and that hard and you're putting your body on the line, it, it, it is a job. But I do think that there's, there, there's something to it. I like the guys that love the game. I don't, not that I don't like the guys that play the game just to play the game. Like Curtis Martin was one of those guys. He wasn't, I don't think he ever loved the game. He was no. there to get out of a shitty situation. And, uh, I respect the guys that do that too. Like that's totally what it's here for as well. But there's something special about a guy that like, you know, kind of like the way we, we view Rucker and we hope we, you know, I think he is this kind of guy, but you know, he's playing football in his front yard. He's pretending he's Wayne Corbett, the local kid. And now he's the kids now are going to be thinking they're Jeremy Ruckert being the local kid catching balls for their, for his favorite team. So like that side of things is, is really cool to, to kind of see. Uh, Jets NY says, Ryan, how was the environment slash vibe at camp? It was electric. The, the, I have not, I haven't been to a camp. I didn't go last year. I don't think, I think the last time I went was before COVID. Um, and that was, that camp wasn't open to the public. It was like, a I got tickets to go to it because of where I work and, it was very laid back. So this was the first time I really got to go to a good training camp in a, in a long time. Uh, but the music was blaring. The, the rookies were jumping up and down. They had right in front of where we were sitting. Now, it, obviously, the bleachers stretched the whole length of the field, so you could be all over the place. I was sitting at, like, the 20-yard line um, on one end of the field where all the DBs were, specifically the corners. And watching Sauce like right in front of you with DJ Reed, with Dunn, with Hall, with Eccles, like all these guys right there, you're seeing Sauce do like all these different drills and it's like they park the Ferrari right in front. They're like, we're gonna put this specimen on display. Like that's what it was. Cause the Zach Wilson, Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, all those guys on the far side, like one football field over. So you couldn't even watch them until they got to like yeah. the actual like 11 on 11s and that sort of stuff. So like the Jets, while it's it's smart they do that with the offense anyway, but like, dude, they had sauce front and center. They were showing off their new toy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, dude, I got to say, I'm, I'm happy you, you were able to make it. I wish I could make it to a practice. I haven't been to a practice, man honestly, since Hofstra. That was the last oh, wow. time I was at a, yeah. I used to go every year, but the last one I went to was at Hofstra. I've never been to Florham Park. Now I went, I don't know if a lot of people don't know this, but before the Jets 
bought and built that big facility in Florham Park. The Giants used to practice there. And that was they practiced at Fairleigh Dickinson University. So the Giants would practice there. And I've gone to see the Giants practice a few times, too, because it was close. I remember like, you know, LT and all those mm-hmm. guys. Um, but, yeah, I haven't been to any Jets practice at Florham Park yet. And that's sad. <laughs> yeah, it's sad, sad to see that. I don't like that. Um, yeah, I want to go. I don't know why Greg's super chat's not popping up, so I just had to comment what he actually said in it. So Greg drops in. He says, are we still in play for upgrading the secondary? I would be very surprised if we made like a move for Jeremy, uh, not Jeremy Bates, uh, Jesse Bates, like a lot of Jet fans would like to see happen. I mean, that would be a home run of a move, yeah. but you're, you're giving up a, a high draft pick for a guy that you cannot re-sign uh, until after the year, so you're going to have to franchise tag him. Like, I'm sorry, I'm rolling this die, and I'm going to say, hey, let's keep our young guys. Let's see how Pinnock develops. Let's see how Ashton Davis develops. LaMarcus Joyner probably won't be on this team beyond this year. He's a little bit older, hasn't played in like, yeah. you know, hasn't played this position in like three years. Yeah, um, totally. So, like, I, I do think he winds up being gone. But then going into this offseason, what are our biggest needs, Green Bean? I think it's linebacker. linebacker. I think it's safety. And I think it's center. And if Jesse Bates is hitting free agency, we have Carl Lawson on this team, on this team, his former teammate. We have CJ Uzama, his former teammate. I think there's a halfway decent chance if Joe Douglas ponies up some money that he could lock down Jesse Bates. But it depends on how we view some of the other pieces. Like I think it would be moving on from CJ Mosley and drafting a linebacker, drafting a center bringing in someone like Bates. Um, but again, it depends. It depends how everything shakes out. Maybe Bates has a horrible year and we're not thinking as highly of him as we were now. Totally possible, right? <clears throat> you know, it, that, that, that happens all the time. Uh, but I, I think I agree with you. I don't, I don't know if we're going to be, I mean, we have 9 million. Well, we just signed Quan, so we have like 8 million in cap space right now. And I'm sure we can make mm-hmm. a few cuts. I'm sure there's some ways to to do some stuff, but we have under $10 million uh, left in cap space. I don't know if I see the Jets doing anything that aggressive. Like, let's say they said, hey, you can have them for a fourth or a fifth and something like that, and you could just pay them. Maybe, but I, I don't know, man. I think, just like you said in the beginning, I think we go into this season uh, in large part with what we have now. And, uh, you know, we, we move some stuff around during waiver cuts and all that kind of stuff. Um, but this is pretty much the team we're going to have, barring some freak injuries and some panic moves or something. But I think next year we go into the offseason with linebacker safety center uh, as the weaknesses, you know, the, the glaring weakness. Hopefully it's not quarterback. Hopefully it's not like um, – you know, a lot of the wide receivers or, you know, just, I mean, we look like we did a pretty good job bolstering a lot of the positions, but linebacker, um, center, you know, and uh, safety, I think are pre- the ones that I'm thinking are, are going to be our weak spots. Keith drops in says, is Zach good at camp or is the defense just awesome? I think it's uh I think it's a little bit of both. I do think Zach is getting better. I think he's going to get more comfortable. Now, that said, the the camp where all the fans were at to return the the welcome back camp, uh, he did not look good. He he had a rough day. He was under 50% uh, passing for the day. There was a few passes that I think he got credited as 
you know, obviously an incompletion, but like, I think Hughes did blame him for one throw towards Elijah Moore. And it looked more like Elijah Moore may have lost the ball because it wasn't like egregiously far away by any means, but it was just like, he just didn't turn the right way. Um, I don't know. I, I, I have faith that Zach is going to perform well. I think having the tight ends, having the running game is all really good. Now, I would say the average amount of throws that he's making in 11 on 11s is is a little alarming. I think he's averaging like seven throws per practice, uh, like in 11 on 11s, if I'm not mistaken. I thought I saw that written somewhere, whereas like, you know, I think Patrick Mahomes, when he came into the league, they had him taking like every snap, like throwing 40 plus times in practice because like you're going to get this out of your system. Like you're just going to keep practicing. And I think there's probably some of it is probably, Hey, Joe Flacco knows how to run the offense. We can grade the rest of the team accurately, which does help us grade Zach. Um, but I also think Zach is going against a significantly improved defense this year compared to where it was just last year, like 32nd ranked corners. There's no way we're going to be ranked that low this year. You know, edge rushers gone. Well, we got them back now. Like this is a very different defense than it was just, 365 days ago well listen um i i look we overreact <laughs> to training camp stuff and there are days that we don't see right so we you know the fans are there one day you got the press there one day and then there's portions of practice that we don't see um so you know look overreacting to the first week of training camp, I don't think is something I really want <clears throat> to, that I really want to get involved in too much with everybody. Like we freak out, it's bad, it's the best, you know, whatever it is. But that said, I, one of my largest concerns for this year is our coaching staff. I mean, look, they gave us some reasons to be, to feel okay at the end of the year, like they were learning. That's great. I'm not saying I'm negative on them, but we don't know how Robert Sala is as a as a head coach we don't know how lafleur how how able-bodied is he to run the right kind of practice to develop a young quarterback and all like we don't know so um i don't know if they're if they're making him throw too little i don't know if they're doing it perfectly i i really just don't know um if they're doing anything the right way so i think we're gonna see well, that all said i think that zach is a uh what was that did you let sorry <laughs> What was it? <laughs> I saw. <laughs> I don't know how long ago this was, but I saw <laughs> Knobcraft had a really funny <laughs> letters. Uh, go back in the in the live chat and pull it up. I like. I almost fell over. <laughs> well, whatever it was, Knobcraft, you almost killed our boy here. Oh my God, that's. I don't see it. Oh, and then Mark Riss says Samini sits on beans, <laughs> on freeze beans. Oh, I saw. Yeah, I saw that one. That was good. So it's ju it's just a few below. Let me show I'm not going to say it out loud because there's probably kids here. <laughs> but oh man, it's it's a funny one. Um, oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you got it. I yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys yeah. are creative. <laughs> Yeah, but so so anyway, just to close my point, it's just um, you know, I'm not too where it. We've literally seen one week of training camp. 
We don't know what, you know what I mean? We don't know what they're doing. We don't know what they're working on. We don't know what they're evaluating or we don't know. So I think Zach is going to be fine. And I'll tell you exactly why. He's a super strong-armed quarterback. He's got all the athleticism that you want, like the arm strength, the legs. He has elite escapability, right? We know these things. We know it. We also know that he's a a bookworm, like we know his his uh, you know his class room aspect of him is is second to none, first guy in, last guy out, so to speak. And we know that he settled in last year and he completely removed turnovers and he had no real guys to speak of. His offensive line was decimated. He had no no skill guys. Everybody was hurt and he still looked better. I and it's his second year in the system. So I think we're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. The only thing we have to do is protect him. If we can do that, we're going to be fine. And the running game helps with that. And obviously the tight ends, when, you know, if things are going, we got to be able to spread this defense out a little bit. And, uh, and I think that we're going to be, we're going to see a Zach Wilson that is calmer and more collected. Um, so training camp, it is what it is right now, but I think he's going to be fine. Andrew Yale says defensive coordinator, Jeff Ulbrich. Uh, I don't know if you saw this green bean, but it said Coke with a little something extra in it. Uh, I don't remember the exact quote, but it was something along oh, those lines. Like Coke's that. good, but Coke with a little bit extra in it is better. And I think he, I don't know if he's talking yeah. about like powdered cocaine in Coca-Cola originally, or no. if he's talking about like liquor. He's talking about, yeah, Jack and Coke or rum and Coke. Okay, that's, that's, where, I that's where I thought he yeah. was going with it. But yeah, I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. I didn't see it, but I wouldn't worry. But were people getting all freaked out about it? I must have missed that one. Oh, no, I just, I think Andrew yells just say, he's laughing about it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, didn't, a, no, I, I didn't see that one. Sounds like a Jack and Coke or a rum and Coke reference to me. What else we got? I saw another one in here. Mark Riss says, Ryan's going to remove the letters after tonight. I am not. I'm having way too much fun with these letters. Way too many combos. Those are those are staying. <laughs> or next yeah. week, Ryan will start a, <laughs> a chat scrabble <laughs> and leave random letters and have us type. That's what I should do. I should leave random letters in there and see, we should pick someone who comes up with like the funniest like letter combo <laughs> using stuff. Uh, there's some good ones. Uh, NY jet one Oh two says we must win week one. That Patriot game still lingers. Yeah. I don't want to talk about it. It was rough. Which one? It ended, ended really fast. The Patriots home opener last year. That oh, ended right on. Yeah, yeah, because it's a home opener. Yeah, totally. We gotta just uh, we gotta come out, man. the The thing that I feel like is literally most important is we need this to be the first year in in forever that the team we've built in the off season actually shows up for Week One. That's what we need. If we do that, we're gonna give Baltimore plenty to handle. Trust me, dude. I really think. I just want to hang with Baltimore. Like, like, don't get me wrong. I want to win. But if we can hang with Baltimore, especially if we're putting up a lot of points, like let's say this is like a 35-28 shootout and the Jets wind up losing on a last second drive because Lamar Jackson just outruns a gassed defense after, a, you know, a whole thing, uh, a whole game. I would, that's an okay way to lose that game, in my opinion. Um, obviously, you don't want to give up a ton of points, but 
hanging with the Ravens, I think is, while there's no moral victories, I would be all right with that, given the firepower that that team has overall. Yeah, well, of course, right? I mean, that's the thing. The Ravens, now, they were decimated by injuries last year, too. I love seeing them all complain and wah, wah, wah. Like, yeah, welcome to our entire fucking last decade. You know, yeah, but if we... So they were finally hurt, and you see, they didn't make the playoffs uh, and all that sort of stuff. But the truth is, is that they are one of the better run franchises in the NFL. They are routinely up among the better teams, and they have an MVP level quarterback with tons of uh, tools and stuff around them. So again, I think our real chance is coming out and hitting them uh, a little bit harder than maybe they expect week one. Week one is prime real estate for, for these kinds of upsets. And if we're a better team than, uh, than we have been, I think that we can do that. But again, like you said, if we end up losing the game, because the, the the Ravens are a better team at this point in our build, then it is what it is. But I will not be happy if we have to endure a 35 to seven game or something like that. that. That's the kind of stuff that would really upset me. Like I just, I'm tired of that. I'm done with it. And we, you know, we spend all year building this team. Joe Douglas has done an exceptional job, uh, you know, getting rid of the garbage, uh, cleaning the cap, and getting talented guys in here, young, talented players. We have them. Our coach needs to be able to use them. Yo, it's Vin says, Chance chance our draft is close to the 2017 Saints. That would be incredible. That was the Marcus Williams, Alvin Kamara, uh, Ryan Ramchick, and who else did get? Lattimore? I think they got Lattimore in there too. I think it was four like rock solid guys. That would be incredible. It'd be absolutely awesome. If you can get four players in the top, you know, two rounds, basically all four first round picks. Wait, I think Ramchick was like a third, the Saints. So the saints in 2017, they drafted, uh, I think Kamara was in the third round. I think Ramchick was in the fourth or maybe vice versa. Um, Marcus Williams might have been, oh God, second round. I don't know. They drafted like four guys that were really, really good that were like key to them almost making a Super Bowl. And it's like the core of their team. This draft and last draft, these two together should be the core of our team moving forward. Agreed. Agreed. Now, but then again, you look at the Ravens draft. I know like we're very happy and we should be. Uh, with our draft, right? We really should be. It was an exceptionally managed draft, like exceptionally well-managed. The players, uh, we got some really premium level talent from the draft. But dude, the Ravens just sat there and they got Kyle Hamilton, uh, Linderbaum. They got, uh, in the second round, they went and grabbed Ojabo because they don't need him right away. And he's the perfect Mm -hmm. team for them to just... And then they had six fourth round picks they got tight ends like isaiah likely and who was the other one i forget i mean dude they knocked it out of the park you know so they're bringing on a bunch of young talent too and they already have a uh oh you know look let's be real they have a leg up <laughs> you know what i mean they're a, they've yeah. been here for a long time we're trying to get into that into that tier but the truth is is that we can beat them we can beat anybody 
on any given day. But not only that, it's our it's it's our home, you know, it's home, it's our home opener. Jets fans are going to be nuts. And if we can be healthy, the energy in there is going to be sick. And mm-hmm. we just have to take advantage of that, man. Gotta play smart. If we do, we keep their offense off the ball. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, offense off the field, we can do it. It's real. I knew what you meant. We just got to run the ball, right? <laughs> like if, if Brees Hall and Michael Carter, if they could combine for 150 to 200 yards, we win that game. I think if this is a game where we can't run the ball, if they stop our run and they force Zach to throw it, and now their healthy corners come into play, Kyle Hamilton comes into play, and Zach's inexperience or maybe nervousness at times, um, I think then it could be a, a big issue. We run the ball. I think we have a good shot at winning because we're shortening the game and we're keeping the ball out of Lamar's hands. The best thing we could do to Lamar is keep him on the sideline and get cold. Yeah. Look, all we have to really do is take away, like, if our if our defense, again, is healthy, if we're healthy and we have the defense that we built, they are young, they are fast, they are aggressive, and they're smart. If we can, like, take away the passing game, right, and they try to just be one-dimensional and they try to run, and we, you know, like guys like uh, Jordan Whitehead and C.J. Mosley can keep that contained, uh, dude, we got a chance. The only thing is we have to have somebody making sure that Lamar Jackson doesn't beat you all by himself. I think we can hang with their receivers. I really do. I mean, that's we haven't seen our guys, but I think we have the talent to hang with their passing game. Uh, we have to just focus on Lamar Jackson and the running game. And if we can, if we can do that, and again, keep their offense off the field, Ryan. Like if mm-hmm. we can just you know, long drives. We have Brees Hall. We got the tight ends. We got Elijah Moore. We got Garrett. Well, like we have the the potential of being able to maintain long, sustaining drives. If we can do that, we can win the game. Absolutely. Uh, Kevin mentions the Saints also got Trey Hendrickson in that draft, and Yo, it's Vince says they wound up winning offensive and rookie, uh, offensive rookie of the year. And defensive rookie of the year. I didn't realize that was their uh, wombo combo. Stud City says Davenport as well. I don't remember if Davenport was that year or the year after. I think that was the year after. Because I think they traded up to get him. If memory serves correct. Yeah. I have to go use the restroom. I'm not going to make it another 30 (laughs) minutes. I got to be. That is is all right. That is fine. I will uh, will talk to the chat. Yeah. And... uh, I will see what uh, what they got going on. So what are you what are you guys doing in here? What's 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 going on? What's the the good word on the uh, in the chat? Duncan says we have to pick up and stop the screen this year. We got killed last year on third and eighteen. One yard screen went for twenty seven. That was probably my biggest issue with this defense overall. Like I'm fine with getting beat over the top with no safeties with no corners, but we had our starting linebackers. We had, you know, enough starting defensive linemen that we should have been able to stop some of that. And the fact that we did not uh, is is a little irritating. So hopefully that gets better. Um, guys, if you're just tuning in, make sure you hit that like button. And if you'd like to get entered into our t-shirt giveaway, we're doing something a little different tonight. All you have to do is head over to my Twitter and retweet the stream. Trying to get this out here to as many people as possible. 
So if you want to uh, get into that, all you got to do is uh, hit retweet. Um, I have a button over here that YouTube keeps wanting me to hit. And I apologize, it's for an ad, but I haven't ever tried this before. <laughs> so I kind of want to try it. So while Green Bean's taking a bathroom break, I'm going to hit this button and see what it does exactly. And then I'll be right back. And maybe nothing happened. <laughs> I don't think anything happened. I'm still talking. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, that doesn't work. So we'll see. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, or maybe there's an ad and I'm just not seeing. It. I don't think there is. I think it's, I think it's just going. Um, an ad was posted. Five second ad. Oh, did I really get an ad? No way. I have no idea how this works. <laughs> Sorry. YouTube throws these weird things at me and I just tried to give it a give it a chance. Um, <laughs> it launched an ad. Did it really? No way. Well, I guess that makes sense. That's what it was telling me it would do. Uh, what else we got going on here? Michael. What am I clicking? I'm clicking on the wrong thing. Oh, see, I'm clicking on the chat and not clicking on my normal. Michael LaMountain says, how's fatherhood treating you, Ryan? It's pretty good. It's a lot of fun. I actually, so I've got Shay's bouncer in the corner right here. So when I'm editing, editing videos late at night or doing anything for the stream, she's posted up over there. Right now she's downstairs watching uh, The Bachelorette with uh, Becca and her friend. So she's doing all that good stuff. <laughs> so Green, uh, well, Green Bean doesn't have his headset on yet. I'll tell him once he uh, comes in. Hello? Hey. So I uh, there's a button when you go live. I don't know if you knew this, Green Bean. I, it just flashed on my screen. It's, a, it's like a dollar sign thing up in the top right. And it says, click here to insert ad. And I was like, I don't know how this works. So I'm going to hit this button and see what hmm. happens. What happened? And everyone's like, oh, add, add, add. I was like, well, okay. I guess <laughs> it, it makes do? sense. It, it, I guess it put in an ad while we're live. Because I guess the, the thought process is probably like, oh, there's a, uh, you know, 400 some Oh, is that what chat. it was? When yeah. I came back from here, there was an ad. Like, because I run the stream in the background, right? Uh, oh, like no way. So yeah, I, I, I run the YouTube page in the background so I can chat with the guys in real time. So when I came back, there was an ad on and I thought to myself, that's huh. weird. Right? Yeah. Interesting. So you literally manually put in an ad. I, yeah, that's I got a little crazy. flash at the corner that said like add an ad. And I was like, I'm curious what it does because <laughs> like, I've never clicked well, that button know. before. Yeah. Now I know that's annoying. All right, well, I promise, guys, I won't click that button again while we're live. That's only for after the fact. Um, you guys get the ad-free stuff because you're all hanging out with us live, aside from maybe the occasional ad read. We'll see. Yeah, right. That's what you, you get for free good. content. Wow, look how long. I On the YouTube thing, I literally just got back. Um, oh, yeah, there's a delay. Well, you also have, Major. so you have like the ad. What, what's odd though, I didn't get to see an ad on my like, because I have the thing playing in the studio and I would have thought they'd throw something there, but it just showed me going like, huh, I guess, I, I guess nothing happened. 
Like there was no lead in. There was no nothing. It was just boom ad, I guess. Uh-huh. Didn't tell me how long it was. I don't know. Yeah. Well, let me tell you guys, it wasn't number two. I didn't go number two. I went number one. I was going to say that would be impressive. Yeah. You know, that's, I, that's reserved for my private time. You know, that's the only fucking alone time I get in this world. Dude, I, my dad used to sit in the bathroom for like the longest time and he'd have a newspaper or whatever and just hang out in there. And it was, it was his alone time before I even had a kid. Beck was like, why the hell you take so long in there? I was like, just surfing the internet. <laughs> I'm yeah, just, I'm just hanging alone out with my right. thoughts. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. people, generally speaking, people leave you alone when you're in there. So, you know, it's just that it's that nice, uh, it's that nice space. You know, it's oh, nice dude. in there. It's like at work, right? Like they have apps called Paid to Poop, and What's you that? can clock. Oh yeah, dude, you didn't hear about this? So they got apps Never. called like Paid to Poop. And you can clock in. You can put in your hourly wage and you clock in when you go to the bathroom and you clock out. So that way over the course of a year, you can see how much money you made for taking a dump. You know, mama always told you never do something for free that you do well. So if you were like at work, you add mm -hmm. up all the times that you went to the bathroom and they paid you and you can see how much you did for free. Yep. (laughs) I love it. That's awesome. It's a pretty funny idea. I love it. Yeah, Jerome Stack says green bean was the water cold. That's a good joke. That's an old, that's a urinal joke, though. You go, oh, the water's cold. Cold at, and at deep. A, at a urinal, cold and yeah. deep. Right. <laughs> you say that when you're peeing in the snow. It's like, ooh, that snow's deep. <laughs> <laughs> that's the old bathroom humor. Uh, yeah, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. Ah, see, Eminon gets it. He goes, that's why they call it the restroom. That's right. Take a break. Right, Eminon? Take a little break. Yeah, is it weird? Like, is, is a restroom, like, all bathrooms, and then not all bathrooms, or not all restrooms are bathrooms, because not all of them have baths. Well, right. That's why when you go out to, like, a mall or a stadium, it's a restroom, not a bathroom. Imagine that. You went into MetLife, and there was three baths on the side. Would you get in one? Ugh, no way. <laughs> not a chance <laughs> in hell. That is gnarly. Uh, that's yeah. like uh, I'd, I'd get in. You got to share it with somebody though. Three people max in the tub. <laughs> Michael says, "Please don't eat the big white mint." <laughs> the bar is yeah. so <laughs> made that mistake. <laughs> Ugh, <laughs> nasty. No, he's talking about the urinal cake. Oh, that's not a big white thing. That's usually like a big white mint. Yeah. What? No way. The urinal I... cake. Oh, 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 okay. I know exactly. So the ones we use are like the, the, um, I say we like it's my house, not we like my job. We have like the scented rubber ones that are in there. So it like, it smells nice. Yeah. I don't know. I think like, why do we need urinal cakes in the first place? Like, can we not just flush it and, you know, deal with a little urine smell? Like what, what is it? That's a little stanky. There's nothing nothing wrong with a little no, deodorant no. in the in the toilet. I no. have uh I I think it's funny that people or businesses will place like a a fly or a mark on a urinal because guys always try to pee on the fly. <laughs> like if you yeah. if you told me I could go to the bathroom at a urinal and it looked like one of those fucking carnival games with like the you know that you got to raise the 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 thing up to the top and then a bell oh rings. Oh my god. 
Totally. Oh, it'd be you incredible. Play it every time. Uh-huh. I would drink so much water. Well, so you have a daughter, but when we when you have a son, uh, when you're potty training, there are that's one of the tactics. You make it a game. You know, you put oh, things what? in there so the kid actually wants to pee in there. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you I know, if my I parents did that for me. No, it was, you know, it's, it's a little like pretty much it's a relatively newer concept, at least as far as, you know, the world knowing. Um, but let me tell you, there was a comedian I saw years and years ago, even before I was a comedian. Mm-hmm. I went, I laughed so hard at this. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't see. I couldn't hear. It rang mm-hmm. true so strongly. He said there, the difference between men and women is that women will clean a toilet Men try to piss the stain away. Oh, it's and so true. I laughed so hard. <laughs> I'd never heard. I was like, <laughs> I couldn't hand my girlfriend at the times. Like, uh, it's, you're, you okay? That's kind of like, gross. Oh, I can't really believe you would do that. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, no, like the best part of the game. I don't have to get my hands dirty and I'm having fun. Playing with a little yeah. fire hose. Yeah, you want exactly. Like you said, if it was a carnival game, and it went up. You know what would be good if we can connect all of our toilets and like at oh, the and end it's of a the team. week. Yeah, like you know, your toilet you know gets collects your you know, your time. And at the end of the <laughs> week we see which one of us uh gets the big teddy bear. Yeah, right? <laughs> so it comes down. It comes out of the drop ceiling from like the mall or whatever, just like bam. Yeah. Congratulations. You peed the most in this little target. That's right. You're the best. You you peed in the clown's mouth the most. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, hey, God. I'm sorry. I uh, I derailed. I re-derailed this with my. Um, I literally couldn't make it. Like I was like, okay, I don't have. To. Oh, like, dude, I it's all right. Yeah, we wind up talking about like the. This is like day three of the draft. <laughs> We're not getting the super chats in or, or questions yeah, or yeah, anything. Right. It's uh-huh. like, oh, let's see where we wind up going with this. Uh, Charles Gorman says, "Hi, Ryan and Greenbean. What is happening?" Hey, Charles. We're What's talking that? about some potty time stuff right now. Uh, uh, Richard what do you Delgado, Quan Alexander. In. What do you? What do you think? We haven't talked about Quan. Ooh. What do you think? Ooh, let me let me just respond to Dick real quick in the chat. Dick says, sure. "Can't wait for five and 12. Uh, I think he's a Dolphins fan, not a Jets fan, because he's a real big jerkula, uh, and he's excited for going five and twelve now. Um, yeah, Quan Alexander, yeah. dude. He took the field. Uh, what was it, yesterday? I think was the first time. Love it. Sporting yeah, the number dude. nine. Number nine, isn't that nice, dude? I think it's now. So what? Look, I you know I there are there's a range of emotions with this one, right? Like there were people that I've talked to, especially day one. I went over to the Jet Lounge and I hung out with those guys for a while, and yeah. we were all excited. You know, we were all excited. But um, I thought it was a very very good move. But some people were thinking like his signing kind of puts us in that wild card position really fills one of the the glaring weaknesses maybe not glaring but one of the more weak areas of the team and uh i don't think it's to that degree but i think that he's definitely a strong addition man like um putting him in on like third downs let's just say just for that alone like Mm -hmm. you got you know, CJ Mosley and let, you know, we're using two linebackers, let's say. So you put CJ Mosley and, um, and Quincy Williams in there first and second, third and eight. And you put Quan Alexander, who's known to be a little bit better, uh, uh, you know, in coverage also has a nose for the ball, man. He has passes defensed and, um, and picks in his, in his background. So I think that could be really good. And don't forget, man, I found, uh, an article or two 
when I was researching his background, uh, that he's credited by quite a few people with a, a lot of positive impact on Fred Warner. You know, so we have a little Jamie and Sherwood action, a little Hams and Nasraldine action. So why not bring in a bet, you know, a a good Sala, um, you know, Sala's uh, previous player vet? Like, why not? You know, I think it's a great move, man. I, now, it's, again, I don't think it's bringing on Von Miller. At the same time, I think it's a, a fantastic move, especially at this point in the process. I couldn't be happier with Joe Doug. And for one, two, one point two million, Ryan, sheesh. Oh, it's like stealing candy from a baby. It was, it was a great signing, and it was one that made a ton of sense. Everyone was talking about it for months leading up. I, I mean, going back to the draft, I feel like. Yeah. Well, dude, how surprising was it? As much as I love the idea, and I liked it that day, you know, we were talking about it. I loved the idea of the Jets, like, foregoing any preconceived notions about running backs in the draft. I love that they had the gumption to go ahead and take Brees Hall, and I love it even more now. But that day, I was convinced when they traded up, it was N'Kobe Dean. I didn't have oh, a so second was I. But I was like, oh, they. I mean, it's one thing to take a – uh, you know, a running back with your second overall pick, number 36, that's one thing. But to trade up from 38 mm -hmm. to 36 to get him, I thought that 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 showed some real balls and and um and I'm really happy about it. But I thought we were and then like in the in the with our fourth round pick or third round pick, there was some really good linebackers there in the third round. Mm -hmm. I forget off the top of my head, but there were guys we I was convinced and we went tight end, which that almost surprised me as much. Mm -hmm. Third round tight end, you know? Surprising. Yeah, it felt weird. It definitely felt weird. After signing two in free agency and running back, I was with you. Like, I wanted a running back at some point. I thought it was going to be third, fourth round. I was targeting, in my mind, James Cook, Dalvin Cook's little brother, the one that went to Buffalo. I think he's going to have a great year. If you're looking for a sleeper, like, fantasy pick, like, that's the guy I'm looking at. Um, so when we took Brees Hall, I was like, oh, no, we passed on N'Kobe Dean. Like, I like Michael Carter. I like a lot of other running backs. I don't need yeah. to go with the running back here, but it's a ballsy pick. You're taking a guy that's considered, you know, five years ago would have been a top 15 selection yep. in the draft. Totally. Like, th this guy can catch. He can run. Like, he is fast as shit. This guy is really quick. It, when I say, like, we are going to have something special on our hands with him and Michael Carter, it's, like, no joke. It, this is going to be a really special backfield. Yeah, I agree. And like like you just said, you know, 10 years ago or so, he's a top 15 pick. He was clearly the number one running back in this draft. Of course, there's always going to be a guy here or there who, who thinks another guy's better, but he was among – the top two or three running backs on everybody's board and on most boards, he was running back one. Um, mm -hmm. The fact that the Jets said, you know what? A running game is super important to what we want here. We look at the running backs. We love Michael Carter. We might like whoever else we have on the back end of the, of the running back group. But we look at Brees Hall as the best running back in this draft. And some are saying outside of like Najee Harris, he might be the best running back in five years. You know, so I love that they just said, you know what? It's important. We want Zach to succeed. We want the running game to, you know, we want the offense to succeed. He's going to give us a better chance than anybody else on the board right now. Screw it. Grab him. I love it, man. I, I couldn't love it more, actually.
The yeah, only thing I, I don't like that, about it is the fact that we didn't get a linebacker. That's it. It's the only thing. Yeah, that's really the biggest issue in my mind. Um, and I, if I'm looking like bold take, and I don't know how bold this is or not, but I think both Michael Carter and Brees Hall will eclipse the, eclipse a thousand yards each. I think it's going to be combined because I think Michael Carter might yeah. fall just shy of the thousand yards rushing. But I think between rushing and receiving, I think both guys get over a thousand yards. I would love to have an offense that has two running backs acquiring a thousand all-purpose yards. Can you imagine? Because like, think about it. If let's say Brees Hall gets twelve hundred yards, let's say mm-hmm. Michael Carter gets eight hundred yards, that's two thousand yards on the ground. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, and then if you add three, four hundred, whatever it is, each in the in the passing game, dude, that shows that your offense is cooking. If you have 2,000 yards on the ground and, you know, uh, whatever they do in the passing game, that shows your offense has been able to get on the field and you were able to remain in games. Because you know when it's the third quarter and you're down by 17, 21 points, you don't run the ball. Mm-hmm. So that shows. That, that that speaks volumes. If that's what we end up seeing, we're going to be very, very happy. Yeah, it's been a long time. Long time since we had uh... – a lethal backfield. I feel like for me, I'm thinking probably back to, I guess Chris Ivory probably was the last time we had a good running back back there. Yeah. Yeah. And then Chris before Ivory that was, was like Thomas Jones, LT, Sean Green, like that, you know, I don't think Thomas Jones was with us with LT, but those two years, no. like the 09, yeah, Tom. Yeah, that was the, I mean, look, I loved LT on our team. And I think, you know, the two years he was here, I think he definitely had a lot of juice and, you know, left in the tank. But at mm. the same time, he was never LT, LT here. No, you know I mean? no. He had his moments and he was still like LT at 60%, 70% is still better than most backs. Um, at the same time, you know, just being realistic. I mean, he wasn't, you know, mm. the Ladanian Tomlinson. He was more of like a, um, an accentuate, you know, who's an accoutrement to the offense. You know what I mean? But like Thomas Jones, he had what, 1,600 yards or 1,500 yards or something for us? It was no joke. He was so good. We gave up like yeah. nothing to get him, too. I want to say it was like a fourth or fifth round pick to get him from the Bears. I think that was like right after their Super Bowl run, too. It was like 2006. Yeah, it was, it was weird, man. Yeah. I don't know I why. I was stunned. I was surprised. Stunned. Huh? Um, Brian says, sup guys, I'm a trucker and I pass by MetLife every day and can't wait for the season to start. Go Jets. Ryan, congrats on the baby. Green Bean, what's up, bro? Brian. What's up? Thank you so much. Yeah, I used to drive by the stadium all the time too, man. Now I don't even live there. I drove by that shit. I used to, like, we had, my cousin's shop is in North Arlington or Lynnhurst. So, you know, we would we would load up the trucks in Lynnhurst and I would drive to Manhattan every single day or Brooklyn or wherever. But yeah, I drove by that stadium every single day. And now I never see it. Never. <laughs> Except for week one. That's right. I'll be there then. <laughs> Looking forward to it. We got, I know it's both of us. We got Matt, Richie, Blewett, Tyson, uh jeremy coming here's what yeah jeremy's gonna be there too he'll be driving me around jeremy we're gonna hang out in uh in in, uh brooklyn too now you're not able to go to the coney island thing you said i don't think so you said it's the saturday before right 
Yeah, the 10th. Yeah, UPS for us at Black Bear has a massive outing. There are like 120 players. Um, I shouldn't say massive, but it's a, you know, it's a full course shotgun. Um, and I'm taking that Sunday off. So I more than likely will have to be there for that event. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, Hey, you want to know what the jets traded for Thomas Jones? I'm going to say it was either like a fourth or a fifth. No, but it's interesting. We literally got we traded them pick number 37, which is one Oh, no pick shit. It was a second round pick. Holy smokes. But we, but listen, but it's interesting. So we gave them pick number 37. They gave us Thomas Jones and pick 63. So oh, wow. we moved, we moved down around to get Thomas Jones. That's it. That's a great trade. It's a it's really a good trade. trade. We had a few trades in there. The Thomas Jones one, the... Fitzpatrick won the Brandon Marshall one. Like we had a few really good trades for like a seven, eight year span. Cromartie, I think we gave up a second or a third for Cromartie after he a had third. like some ungodly amount of interceptions. Yeah, we gave a third for Cromartie, but you know why? Because of what the way he played in the playoffs. He was a big old puss. Remember the Sean Green stuff? Remember when he literally chose not to tackle Sean Green? And then after that, not only did he stop in his tracks and choose not to tackle him at the line of scrimmage, when mm -hmm. Sean Green ran all the way to the touchdown, Cromarty chased him and gave him a late shoulder rub. Like, <laughs> so they were probably, I'm telling you, that's the kind that's of thing right. a coach looks at. The coach looks at that and goes, get off my team. Mm -hmm. You literally yeah, that, lost I, that's us right. the game. Because so, he did. He lost them the game, bro. We only won by what? The field goal or whatever the hell it was? So was Cromartie on our first playoff run in 2009 or no? Second. No, 2010. We traded Kerry Rhodes in, in 2009 and we picked yep. up. We traded Kerry Rhodes to the Cardinals and then we mm -hmm. picked up Cromartie. Oh, it was so yeah, good. Yeah, I miss yeah. Rhodes. I feel like Rhodes for me was the last really good ball hawk we had. And for whatever reason, he rubbed Rex the wrong way and he, he got ousted. Because even under Rex, our safeties were horrible. I mean, we had Jim Leonard. That was probably like the best thing we had. And he wasn't necessarily like a great safety as much as he was like a a really good field general. Yeah, well, he was an athlete. The, the, the problem with him is that he was a showboat too. Like there was that one play uh, where he made a sack, like Rex blitzed him. He came mm. around the end and got a sack, and the ball came loose. But Kerry Rhodes was too busy talking up the crowd about what he was doing, look how good I am, and didn't even try for the fumble, and there was a big clamoring for the ball. So, mm. you know, that's another thing. Coach looks at him and goes, you know what? I can't stand having guys like this. Yeah. You know? Maybe that wasn't the only play, of course, but, you know. I didn't realize that. Um Charles says Thomas Jones is second favorite Jet of all time. Ooh, Charles, who's your first one? Really? Wow. That's a bold, I, I shouldn't say it's a bold yeah. take, but it's an interesting take. It is interesting. He's not even in my top 50. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, no, like no I, disrespect, but you know, it's just. I like not, Thomas Jones. I was like radar. Super pumped when we got him, but like I don't really consider him. I don't want to say I don't consider him a Jet, but I definitely like he's not. When I think of like favorite Jets, it's like 
you know, Mangold and Cromartie, or uh, sorry, Mangold and Crevet and right, right. Uh, Martin and, you know, the guys I grew up watching. Now, I grew up watching Thomas Jones for a few years, but like, it's not that he's not one of like Pennington is in there. I would, I would put Testaverde in there for the, the brief time he was with us, you know, even though he's like all over the place, but he was the starting quarterback when I really started like remembering a lot of football. I was probably like eight when we went to that uh, championship game. Yeah, but you know what? Like, I know it, 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 it feels wrong to say it, but I don't necessarily consider Thomas Jones to be a Jet either. Now, he is. And mm-hmm. uh, again, no disrespect um, to the comment, you know, that uh, his, his name's gone. Who was that? I'm sorry. Um, Charles. No, Charles. Yeah, no disrespect. But he was only here for like what it feels like fucking two minutes i mean we traded for him in 2007 and we got rid of him rid of him after 2009 so, so um, three seasons you know what i'm gonna do you re- so yeah three seasons do you remember what the jets did when we traded him to kc or maybe we um i don't forget did we did we, did we trade or did we just cut him i think we traded him i thought we um, got we something him. for him yeah, I, I forget. But the Jets, how weird is this? So the Jets had Thomas Jones for two years. Rex Ryan had Thomas Jones for one year. Maybe maybe he had him for one year, right? So the Jets had him mm-hmm. for three, and the Jet and uh, Rex Ryan had him for one year. He gets like 1,400 yards or whatever it is. The Jets cut him or trade him. And when he signs with the Chiefs, the Jets took out a full-page newspaper ad in the Kansas City papers calling him a warrior. Do you remember this? I don't at all. It's That's the weirdest. All right, hold on. I'm going to send you a link. It's the weirdest damn thing. I remember thinking, like, why? Like, why are you doing that? Like, why get rid of him and then, like, make a big deal thanking him? Uh, I saw it as disingenuous. That That's me, okay? I saw it as disingenuous. And I didn't like it right from the get-go. So here, I'm going to send you a link in the chat here. I think I can still do that, right? Is there a chat? Hold yeah, on. there should be one. Shit. Where's our guest chat? Here it is. So this is the weirdest damn thing, man. And again, when I saw it, I said, what the fuck is that? Like, why do that? Like, that's the kind of thing you do for a player who's he's been with you for 10 years, like a Sean Ellis, somebody like yeah, that. Yeah. Like, we just can't keep him anymore. You know, something like that. But it felt like they felt like they had done him wrong. That's what it felt like to me. So take mm-hmm. a I remember I saw it. I was like, I don't know what it, this. And it, so like that was, yeah, that's that was right before. Yeah, it was right before 2010. And uh, obviously we loved 2010 and we had a great time. But already mm-hmm. the Rex Tannenbaum thing seemed to me like they were kind of shady shade, shadertons. That's just mm-hmm. how I felt. And I still don't get it. It says a person who embodies toughness, dedication, and leaderships. Thanks, TJ, for three great seasons. Woody Johnson, Coach Rex Ryan, Mike Tannenbaum, and the New York Jets. They took out a full pay. Like, why? So what do you I guys think, think it's of that? Does anybody remember that? I So if I'm looking back on it now, I'm thinking they feel like they probably did them dirty. 
because they like he performed with us. He he played well, and I wonder when that happened in relation to us being able to get Ladanian Tomlinson. Like, did we just see LT and think, "Wow, this guy's going to be so much better than Thomas Jones"? Because I don't remember Thomas Jones having like that much more impact in Kansas City. Like, no, he just, didn't. He actually, uh, 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 Charles, the running back, Charles was running back one over there. What was his name? Uh, Jason, Charles, Jamie. Um, nope, nope. It's the hell was his first name? Started with a J. I think it did, but Charles. So here's the thing we got rid of Thomas Jones before we even got LT. They were handing the reins over to Sean Green, Jamal Charles. Yeah, I think you're right. So <clears throat> we, um, yeah, so we didn't even have. Uh, LT yet. They were just given the ball to, they wanted to hand it over to Sean Green, uh, mm. who looked really good in the, in the playoffs, but it's just a, it's a weird gesture, man. And uh, yeah, anyway, and that's, what's funny too, man. Like the jets, like they, they did that to Thomas Jones. Remember Leon Washington, he got his, he got his knee ripped up right yeah. before the playoffs. And they like, they kind of screwed him too. Remember his wife went on, Leon Washington's wife went on record saying, thank God we're getting out of that place. Like, so I don't remember that, though, that's brutal. Oh, yeah. I love Leon. He, yeah, totally. And look, he's back with us. So clearly mm -hmm. uh, the air has been thinned, but the, you know, at the same time, it's like, you could just see like the beginning of like, I, look with all due respect to Rex and every, all every fun moment he gave us. There was already like cracks in the dam. Like Rex and mm -hmm. Tanny were not a good fit. Like they were just they were yucky together. You know what I mean? And uh, there, there, there's lots of uh, of uh, you know examples of that. You know, but yeah, the Leon thing, and then Leon, we traded him to um, to Seattle, and he was he was fantastic. He ran a few touchdowns back for them. Yeah, he was awesome. I mean, we we had a run of kick returners for a stretch there. It was like. Leon yeah. Washington, Brad Smith, Justin Miller. Um, yeah. Um, uh, um, McKnight. McKnight. Yeah, we also had before that Leon Johnson. We, we, we had, also had um, uh, the Chad Morton. Santana Moss. Chad Morton. Santana Moss. There was one more. What was the cornerback's name? He was a cornerback. Number 21, maybe? Justin Miller. What was his name, Chad? Justin Miller. Did you already say him? I don't know if I said Justin yeah, Miller I think or not. Justin Miller. He, he yeah, was that's, one of that's them. what I'm thinking of. Yeah, filthy. That's who I'm thinking of. Charles says, yeah. uh, I became a full-time Jets fan in 2008. Thomas Jones is number two on my list behind Darrell Revis. Revis was the number one reason I became a Jets fan. All right, that's fair. Nice, yeah. Fantastic, right. So it, you know, it's funny, Charles, because my favorite players are from the year or two where I became a fan. Like you got Gastineau, Klecko, you got mm -hmm. Freeman McNeil, Wesley Walker, all those guys. Those are my guys. You know what I mean? So same exact thing. I get it. Totally get it. Yeah. Ask me my favorite guys. It's, it's Who's Curtis your Martin. Guy? It's Wayne, Wayne Corbett's my number one. Wayne Corbett's my number oh, yeah. one. Hands down. I got a signed ball from him somewhere. I think it's in my closet. Um, Wayne Corbett, number one, Curtis Martin, number two. And then it became Nick Mangold. I love Nick Mangold. Big Nick Mangold fan. But I like a bunch of our players. Actually, one of the players that I was so pissed we let walk, Braylon Edwards. I thought oh my he God, me too. was awesome. He was so cool. He was So he was drafted the year I started watching the NFL draft. That was like, 
I remember watching him go. I think he went number three overall, if I remember correctly, because I think it went like I think it went Alex Smith. Then it was like Cadillac yeah. Williams, Ronnie Brown. Word, yeah. yeah, it was like that whole class. When we traded for him, I lost my marbles. I oh, could yeah. not believe it. Could not believe it. We took advantage of. Remember, he got into a fight with like LeBron James's crew in Cleveland or something like that. Yeah. So they didn't want him anymore. But you know, it's, it's the weirdest thing. Think about this. You know that famous play with uh, Braylon Edwards when he kind of he caught the, the touchdown Dougie? in the playoffs and he and he kind of shook the two guys oh. off in the end. Yep. Literally, that's his last game as a Jet. That game, and we just let him walk right after that. And the Didn't weirdest we, did we part bring about him it, back for a little bit? I nope, thought we no, nope. no, not like that year. We, I thought it was like a year or two removed that we brought him back. I did we? I, I think I so. That. I feel like we did. Chat, let me know if if I'm wrong. I don't know. I don't remember that one. But yeah, maybe I'm just thinking of it wrong. As, I thought we brought him back a few years later after Holmes was gone. It was like totally oh, like he was already gone. No, he only made it one more year in the in the league. So think about that. Did what he happened? Really? Yeah, no, dude, I was so pissed. This. It's because we had, traded for Holmes, and we're like, oh, we're gonna give Holmes the contract, and it was like, no, what they are you gave doing? Holmes the contract. Yeah, think about it. That offseason, we got rid of Braylon Edwards, Jericho Cotri, and Brad Smith. That one offseason. We decimated yeah. our receiving core. But but what is but what the hell happened that we didn't want him and then the he went and signed with the Niners for one million dollars. Hmm. So and then and he and he only had minimal impact there and he was kind of gone. He was injured, his knee. I think he yeah. got hurt because it sucked, man. Because I was furious that the Jets didn't even try to bring him back. Dude, drove me wild. I thought when he had that play where he did the Dougie over top of the Patriots, I think it was McCourty even. Is that right? Is that, was he there that long ago? He did, he like steps over him and he starts doing the Dougie. I'm just like, this is my guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's go. And then that playoff one where he shrugs the two defenders off and gets into the end zone. Like, oh, yeah, that's everything I wanted as a Jet fan. Yeah, me too. It was everything we wanted and how every receiver, when they caught the touchdown, they would do the little jet flying thing. Like there was so was much great. there. The truth, we just had to win that Super Bowl. If we would have won that Super Bowl, that yeah. team, even if we made it to the Super Bowl, that team would be legendary in Jets lore. Instead, it was just the end of a short period of time. And we went Dude. into a decade of sucktitude. Dude, that was such a fun year. I thought for sure we were going to get it. It was 2010 was our year. We had hard knocks. We had that whole run and 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 friggin Sanchez played well and the defense let us down in the playoffs against the Steelers and I was like, "Ah." Oh. I remember going back to college and just being like, "I can't believe that happened." That Jet Patriot game will go down probably as one of my favorite games of all time. That was that felt like our Super Bowl. Well, listen, Michael Elias is saying that we brought Braylon Edwards back in 2012 for camp, then cut him. I don't know. I, I'm that not sounds right. I thought I remembered that. I, I mean, hey, Dom, I, Dom and Frankie, can you confirm this? Did Braylon Edwards get brought back onto the Jets two years later? 
I'm like pretty positive that's what happened because Jet fans were so pissed. We wound up getting rid of Holmes, and I'm like almost positive he came back. I really, it would make sense that he didn't play another snap for us, but I could have sworn yeah. I remembered yeah, having I'm not him back. He didn't. I don't remember him. Ooh, they say 2013 died. is what Chavez <coughs> said. Oh, they say yes for three games. So I guess he did play. Says Harry How the hell w. do I not remember that at all? For three games, Harry. Wow. Well, it's because those seasons were so horrible. Hill. It was like, because after, after the two championship runs, we had the Santonio Holmes fight in, uh, in the huddle against the Dolphins the last week of the season. And then I think we had the butt fumble right after that. It was like, you know, we got whacked for two years in a row, and then we wound up drafting Geno, and then that did yeah, kind of spun tires. Shit. Yeah, they say 2012. That's the craziest thing ever. Huh. This article says he's more mature the second time around. I loved him the first time yeah. around. He didn't need to yeah, be Yeah, I love him. I know, dude. We should have just kept, but that, dude, listen, that's like uh, when Rex Ryan got his hands on our roster, it started right away. His first draft pick was Kyle Wilson. Mm. He sucked, you know? Yeah. Um, every single first round pick, was there one first round pick that was even worth a shit? I mean, well, Muhammad Wilkerson had had some. It some was good Wilkerson. Years. It was. Copel sucked. Copel sucked. I think Kevin Rex was Pryor. here for the. For the rich, was he here for Richardson and uh, yeah, D yeah, Milner? Richardson, yeah, D Milner. That was, dude, that draft had Rex all over it. D Prior. Milner, <laughs> cornerback. Dude, yeah. we had, Rex had way too much influence on our draft picks. Like that, like if we had yep. Douglas for when we had Rex, we probably win a Super Bowl. But I don't know if we would have been as ballsy as Tannenbaum was. That's, that's probably what probably pushed it over the top for us. Rex let Tannenbaum fall on the sword. Yes, he 100%. distanced himself with the Tebow trade. He Rex distanced himself and wouldn't play Tebow, so it looked like Tannenbaum. He knew. I think Rex was a hun- Rex and Woody. I think were fully behind the Tebow signing after 100%. they fucked up the whole Peyton Manning oh, yeah. situation. Yeah, dude, there were just so many stupid picks. It was just it was so stupid. The whole thing, the whole era. You know, and that that one off season when they let Koch and and Braylon and and uh, Brad Smith and Sean Ellis and everybody else go, and they brought in Plaxico Burris and Anthony Mason, it was ridiculous. Yeah, that's right. Salty teacher says Rex won with Mangini's team. That's absolutely the truth. Now yeah, Trader Mike went and added with some trade. He brought in Kev, uh, 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 Jenkins. What the hell? I can't remember his name. Jenkins, Terry? Cromartie, oh. Edwards, Holmes. Yeah, right. I mean, exactly. they, they were able to attract the LT guys. and Bart yeah. Scott and uh, Jason yeah. Taylor and dude, tons yeah, of guys. Taylor. Jim Leonard came tons in, like tons of stuff. But most of it was the core, the Revis, Mangold, David Harris, Brickashaw Ferguson, Leon Washington, Brad Smith, all those guys were Mangini picks. Every single one of them. Hey, Green Bean, you know what time it is? Yeah, no, we got to end this. I got to start another stream in a few minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Time goes by fast when you're hanging out with a bunch of guys you like hanging out with. Um, All right. Um, Chat, I'm going to say give me a number... One through 20. 
and that'll be our winner tonight. I got to go through. I'm not going to do odds or evens right now because we're so far over. Mitt Flair has an 11. Let's see what we got. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. All right, so our T-shirt winner tonight is going to be the Twitter user, Amon Guster. Yeah. Among us, Tur. Among us, Tur. There you Among go. Among us, Tur. <laughs> I don't know who that is, but Among mm-hmm. us, Tur, you wind up winning today's T-shirt. Reach out to me on Twitter. Got to reach out to me on Twitter so that way I know it is your handle. Uh, shoot me a DM, and I will make sure I get you out of shirt. Maybe you get one of the sauce shirts. Maybe you get one of the MILF shirts, whatever you're looking for. Um, all right. We have reached the end of our stream. So, Greenbean, I want to get your thoughts, closing thoughts. What you got going on? Well, we're about to start another live stream in about, uh, what is that, 14, uh, 17 minutes uh, over at Green Bean Jets Fan. You can come on over for the After Hours Jets Fest. We just kind of loosely cut the, cut the shit with each other. Um, cut the shit. Shoot the shit uh, with each other. It's just laid back. Um, so, yeah, come on over and hang. We're going to be there for a little while. All right, boys and girls, it's been a lot of fun. Drop a like on your way out if you enjoyed the stream. It's been a lot of fun hanging out with you. We will see you next week, 8 o'clock to 10 o'clock for Talking Jets. This is Jets Talk signing off. J-E-T-S. Trippy.